Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gameless. <laughs> you ready to rip? Leave it in. Leave it in. Let's just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gameless. You might be saying, oh, why does Colin look like this if you're watching the video version? Uh, I'm on uh, a rotation right now. So for the next couple months, you guys will see me at different venues every month, pretty much. Um, so if the audio's funky, if the video's weird, that's why. We're here either way, though. Um, today, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, Jake and I have both been playing many, many games. And uh, April? What month was this past month? April? You just hijacked the intro. I'm Introduce going... me. Let me talk. Say something. Well, I, I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> what month? Oh, it was March. It was March. This March... <laughs> Uh, there was the uh, there was of the year. I can't remember, dude. I, nor, I don't have a calendar in front of me. I only have one screen. I can't function with one screen. Oh fuck. Anyways, this is Jake what's that? XA5. What's that one that comes before April? I always forget unless I have a calendar. Uh, I can't. Uh, I'm drinking. Blame it on the yeah. alcohol, right? We're having a day. Alright, we were just yucking it up and I did like a fake like, Hello everybody and welcome to Gameless. And Colin just took it and ran with it. So that's the intro we're going for. But he's right. It is uh, Gameless April. We're talking about everything we played in March. We're recording now on April 8th. We're a little late, but yes. don't worry about it. Like Colin said, okay. things are a little different. Um, video viewers will probably see things a little bit more differently. Audio viewers, there should be no hiccup. Audio listeners, even. Uh, there yeah. should be no hiccup as far as quality goes i just burps yeah <laughs> <laughs> fucking night nightmare nightmare chaos intro bro <laughs> i'm, I'm okay. gonna edit i'm gonna bleep out my burp because it's so disgusting <laughs> remind me i'm writing well, it down i'm time stamping it bleep you, you out better burp. get your pencil ready because i'm drinking a beer right now and anytime i drink anything carbonated i burp so just have it ready this is welcome to game list unhinged <laughs> Wait, oh. did, that mic, did my mic even pick up that burp? Did you burp? I burped loud, dude. It was no, I don't like, think so. I was laughing. Oh. oh this is a scary. show about our game of the year. <laughs> One month at a time, I One swear. It's time. not about a bunch of fucking uh. heathens burping. <laughs> all right. All right, uh. all right, all right, all right, all right. Usually I ask you, how do you want to get started? What are you most excited about? But I want to lead because I'm really excited about something yeah. this time. Talk. Go for it. I'm excited about my new game of the year. Um, I am obsessed mm. with Chia. I adore this little video game. I beat it. It took me about seven hours. I didn't do much for the actual like open world. Uh, let, uh, table setting, what is Chia? Because I feel like this is actually a game that, if you only listen to the main Gameless podcast, has really not come up that much. Chia yeah. is an indie game developed by a small team and inspired by their home country of New Caledonia, which is a Pacific island far off in the uh, middle of the ocean. And it is a, I guess the best way, best way to describe it would be like a Breath of the Wild-like, would you agree? Uh, yeah, sure, I guess. It's a very interesting little video game, and it is a little bit janky. And despite it being my game of the year, I would not rate it a 10 out of 10 video game. I would rate Hogwarts Legacy higher than Chia, in fact. But Chia has 
Heart, baby. That's what it's all about. That's what this game does differently than most games that I play. The story in Chia is unbelievable. It's so heartfelt and touching and so much darker than you think that it would be. Things that transpire at the beginning of the game uh, lead into some pretty wild events towards the end of the game. Absolutely a spoiler-free discussion. This is a $30 video game that's available on PlayStation 4, 5, and Epic Game Store, I believe, on PC. But it's also included in PlayStation Plus, uh, Extra and Premium. So you do have the opportunity to play it for free-ish, asterisk, if you're paying for those. And I cannot recommend this game enough. It's the first game in my two-plus years of streaming that <laughs> caught me off guard and made me fucking cry on stream. <laughs> I, it wasn't I wasn't over here sobbing or anything, but there's a pretty good it's now an emote on my Twitch channel is a very big close up of me trying to keep a fucking straight face while tears well up in my eyes after a really fucking touching moment. Like one of the most like I think um tastefully done emotional beats in video games that I've ever experienced. And I, it, that honestly is what kind of like pushes it over into the, like the first I love uh media that fucking destroys me. Um, in general, like a nice like tearjerker movie is always going to be at the top of my list at the end of the year, and uh, Chia Chia does minute. that in a couple of sections. Hmm? You say tearjerker movie. The first tearjerker movie I think of is A Silent Voice. Did you like A Silent Voice? I didn't cry during A Silent Voice. I thought it was okay. That's the only anime that I've ever watched. It was a little. You have no heart, dude. Yeah, it was alright. Okay, I sorry. Mean... Continue. We don't um, have to get into an argument about a silent voice. No, right no, no. I hear so you. Um, she is she is gameplay. When I say Breath of the Wild, like what I mean to tell you is that it is a open world 3D adventure game, very light, uh, like action elements. The combat is few and far between. It almost more borderlines on like a stealth exploration than a combat exploration. It's big hook, and the thing that you've seen in trailers about Chia is that. You have the power to possess other beings, uh, not even just beings, but like objects. Uh, think Super Mario Odyssey. So if you are running around as Chia on the coast and you see a fish in the sea, you can transport Chia's body into that fish and you will now be the fish that is swimming around. But you can take it a step further and then jump out of the water as the fish back up onto the beach and transport Chia's being or soul soul jumping that's what it's called into a rock and then use this rock to tumble your way down the coastline prop hunt prop hunt yeah a little bit um i think mario odyssey just because of the like variety of animals that you end up being and the different powers that each one of them has um prop hunt is a little bit like one trick in that like you just look like that whereas chia yeah. depending on what you grab you might have like a different power so like when you transform into a bird the bird can obviously fly and it's a great way to traverse the world very quickly Bird can also poop. Very funny. Everyone laughs. Um, but then you can, like, possess, like, totems that allow you to, like, shoot fireballs. So that's where, like, the combat comes in. Um, you could be a chicken and you could lay an egg for, like, a mission, for example. All really cool and very um, pretty impressively done. It ends up being, like, although it's, like, the biggest hook of the game, it ends up falling a little bit flat when you think of what the options were for uh, how many, like, things that you could transform into that at a certain point it's like bird or other bird or third type of bird and they all do the same thing yeah. um i could have done some more variety there but i think that as a 30 dollar indie game this game goes so far and does so much yeah. it also go go ahead 
Uh, I was about to say, I'm fairly certain the dev team was only 10 people. This sounds so... right. It was a very small team. It has one of the coolest things ever in a game that I have I don't think I've ever seen before in a video game and I touch on this I have the full playthrough I played this entire game on stream uh, youtube.com slash at Jake Twitchin if you'd like to check it out but the Chia not even intro when you go to the main menu of Chia you hit start to press play and you hit new game it gives you a four page text box with some images of the development team and it's almost like a forward in a book where it's like a by yep. the author type of message to the player and they're like hey this is us this is our team this is why we made this game it was important to us uh it was made by a small team it's inspired by our homeland everything is you know embellished and expanded upon and it has fantasy elements but it is all derived from our culture that we wanted to share with the world we used local voice talent for the voices we used musicians for the soundtrack and it is the most like touching little sentiment in a video game ever and just really gets you off on the right foot like i challenge anybody to start this game and within 30 minutes don't have a smile on their face just based on the the way that it was developed and how cool i don't know how to say their name it's awaseb a-w-a-c-e-b is the team that developed it and i i could not be more of a fan the amount of joyous things that transpire in that game are it's numerous and it is fantastic i am obsessed with chia this little game yeah really stole the show for me out of nowhere i was expecting to dig it it's my type of bullshit you know what i mean like i can you know i can usually snipe when a game is going to be up my alley and i was like i think this might be for me and i was just smitten with it within the first stream i was like this is a full playthrough i yeah. can't wait to squeeze everything that i can out of this game it is just a treat man yeah i i don't have any interest in this game um I don't know why, because it, it looks really sweet and really nice, but yeah. not for me. Uh, but I'm glad I'm glad it has um, better reactions than I thought. I thought people yeah. were gonna hop in there and be like, eh, "It's kind of broken, kind of boring." Um, it, but it seems like it, everyone it I is hear like about in this some ways have... it is like a little bit broken and a little bit boring. Like it's not a perfect video game by any means. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's broken or boring. That's that's too harsh. But it's, it's imperfect. Just... Like I would not rate this game above an eight point five. Yeah. It just kind of hit the spot for a lot of people is what yeah. I, I'm hearing, yeah. um, which I guess I don't really, I wouldn't really understand that. This is one that I might well. press you on for like end of the year type stuff. Like now that it's kind of like it's yeah. moment in the sun has kind of come and gone. Uh, I bet like I could chalk yeah. you into like, you know, in September when there's like a lull as we're waiting for, you know, Spider-Man to drop or something. This is a game that you could crush in two streams and then have an opinion yeah. on as we go into like game of the year conversations, especially being that it's like available via PlayStation Plus and everything. Like it's such an easy, easy ask for anybody for sure. to get into. I just hope that if somebody listens to this and it wasn't on their radar. They look it up, think that it could be for me and then try it and love it because I, I cannot speak more highly about it I, I had such a good time with chia <laughs> like yeah. such a like cool game would, i feel like this would be a game that ali would really enjoy yeah um, yeah yeah absolutely it, it has like big so a lot of people that would come into my chat they would be like is this moana like this looks like a moana game and it's such a great true, like yeah. you know it's not it's a little on the nose but it's you know uh, hawaii is a pacific island new caledonia is yeah, a, pacific it's a island. pacific islander vibe yeah, absolutely. And this this has like a lot of they're gratuitous. The one of the things that we haven't talked about so far is like there are many many occasions where there are lengthy um musical segments where you play almost like a guitar hero rhythm type of game. 
pretty cool stuff where you're like strumming a guitar along with the notes. Think like Last of Us but dumbed down a little bit. Um, and it'll show you like floating in Guitar Hero style. I forgot you could play the guitar in The Last of Us. Yeah. Two. Two. Wild. Yeah, Last of Us 2. Part you know, two, I'm part somewhat two. of a Last of Us pro and fan. Uh, <laughs> listeners yeah, of the yeah, show will know. Um, but it's all it's all done like so tastefully and again it's done in like the original language of the songs too um some of the musical beats are in fact what i think struck me the most in the game like there's a recurring theme in it that really like hits when it drops um, just ridiculous the yeah. other thing that i want to say about it is how pretty of a game it is it does sort of like Breath of the Wild, to an extent, like Valheim comes to mind, like games that are not the most graphically powerful or realistic video games, but still manage to look absolutely stunning at the right angles mm-hmm. and in the right moments. Like, you know, with the with the cards that they're dealt and the engine that they're working in, they'll take that color palette and really bend it to their will and make it look uh, pretty pretty extraordinary. Chia has some jaw-dropping yeah. moments where you're like, wow, look at this what this little game is doing. Um, multiple moments like it's- that. It's definitely a huge achievement from a small team. Yeah. Um, like I would assume if you ask me how many people worked on this, probably like five to 10 times more than I actually did. Without a doubt. Um, Without a doubt. So yeah, it's, it, it looks really nice. And, and, it's, and the fact that it's on PS plus is wonderful for people who are absolutely. And it's also worth noting that it's like a, it's breath of the wild. Like in that I kind of beelined it through the quest. Like, especially when I'm streaming, I don't like to dawdle too much. I like to kind of like give people the story yeah. experience and make a nice, like, you know, YouTube cut of it at the end so that you can get the full Chia experience without being here. while I scratch my head on how to solve these puzzles, but it has some really interesting things going on from like a breath of the wild standpoint, where if you were to actually like go through and hundred percent, this game, my guess is that this is a 20, 25 hour minimum type of game there's a lot of different like you know shrines and things like that side quests puzzles really unique puzzles things that i haven't seen in other games before that work really well like i think there's a lot to take from this game that other developers could see and probably apply in bigger games and then get the notoriety for it unfortunately which is probably what will happen there's uh specifically there's this mini game that has to do with totem carving which is just really spectacularly done and it pops up uh, probably a dozen times throughout the game but it's you have a log and you're supposed to carve a totem in the likeness of like a certain you know existing totem and to do so you have to cycle through different options and how many times you chisel away at the wood will indicate what that part of the totem looks like and you're rotating and you're trying to emulate and match it and then pick up the totem and bring it to the shrine to enter in the air and it's just a very unique way of solving a puzzle that I've never seen in a video game before, which is, again, I say it all the time on the show. I'm always looking for stuff that is new in video games. So many times I've played Ubisoft games that do the same thing as the previous 10 Ubisoft games did. It's nice to hop into an open world that does something original, and Chia has that in spades. Uh, I can't can't recommend it enough. New game of the year, number one, Chia. Little indie game. Okay. Who, who am I becoming, yeah. man? I don't know. I didn't expect this from you, but uh, yeah. we'll take it. It's it's interesting to see something kind of dethrone Hogwarts for once, which, you know, my yeah. last month, my, my list was shaken up. Destiny was at the top. Um, and we'll get into what it is, what it is this month a little later yeah, on. Yeah, we'll get but, to our list. I figured, um, I think, especially with Chia, I wanted to sort of like not hide the reveal of how that game resonated with me. I think yeah, introing yeah. it at the top of the show as here's my new game of the year four months in is a, a pretty good achievement for, I don't know, I think I have a for decent sure. opinion on video games in general, but 
to be determined because I'm Sometimes. not playing I'm not playing this one and you're playing the fuck out of did you finish Resident Evil 4? I did. I finished it and what a, I got to say What a gamer. I love it so much. So I actually played this. I played this all on my Twitch channel. Um mm -hmm. from start to finish and it's coming out on my YouTube in little chunks uh yeah. over the next month or so. Um man, it was so good. Uh so my history with Resident Evil 4 is I played Resident Evil 8 when it came out in yeah. 2020, 2021. I can't remember. Sure. May, I think it was like March 2021. And then I was like, you know what? This is good. I'm going to play them all. So then I played Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2 remake, Resident Evil 3 remake. And then I got to Resident Evil 4 and I made it about uh, halfway into the game. I got to the castle. For those of you who know Resident Evil, you know what I'm talking about. I got to the castle and I beat the first little Wolverine man. I don't know their names. Uh, fake fan. And then after that, I just kind of quit. I was not having a fun time with it. The tank controls were not fun to me. And it was, it was more frustration than it was enjoyment for playing the original. And I know people love that original game. But I do think, naturally, nostalgia carries it a long way modern day. This game, the remake, is just almost perfect um it's so fun there I, I enjoyed seeing like the first half of the game that i had already seen and how they changed it um but then after i passed the point that i was at before and got to experience new things like the island and whatnot uh i was just sold absolutely sold i love the resident evil series um I've, it's, it's grown quickly to be one of my favorite series um specifically like my favorite horror series uh, they do a really good job of making horror, but also uh, horror that's a little silly at the same time. Mm. Um, and they also do the perfect thing of, I don't like puzzles in my games most of the time, but the Resident Evil puzzles are always always fun and yeah. not too complicated. Um, and I was actually, when I finished this game, I was thinking, I wish there were more puzzles in this game, which is very odd for me. I, I never mm. say that. Um, <coughs> but... It, it, I mean, if you like Resident Evil at all, I would say play this. And also, for your case, um, so you've played the original Resident Evil 4, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I played the original Resident Evil 4 all the way through. It's the only Resident Evil that I've ever played for more than two hours. Okay. So I, I don't think this game is scary at all. Like, if you enjoyed the original, I would say you could play this one because it's not scary at, in the slightest. It's so um, crazy the way that you and I differ on this thing because... Like Resident Evil 4, for you to fall off of the original Resident Evil 4 is wild because that is kind of like the game. It's interesting because you played the remakes leading up to Resident Evil 4. You know, you played Resident Evil 1 yeah. remake, which isn't quite like that's a 2001 remake, not a it's still like the 2018 remake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Resident Evil 2 and 3, the original versions, are drastically different than what Resident Evil 4 is. Resident Evil 4 kind yes. of originated what Resident Evil 2 and 3 remake are. Uh, one could argue that yes. outside of yeah. like the control scheme, Resident Evil 2 the and 3 remakes are inspired yeah. by Resident Evil 4 more than anything else. And then yeah. for that, that's like, I mean, my favorite Resident Evil. But I was actually, so I hopped in, there was the Capcom event, which we're not really going to recap here because the long and short of the Capcom event that happened in uh, the Resident end of Evil. March was, hey, check out Resident Evil's coming, also demo today. Yeah. So I played the demo. Yeah. I played the Resident Evil 4 demo. And for you to say it's not scary, I get to a point, but I think two things work 
uh, against it in, in that I like the original Resident Evil 4 because I agree with you, it's not that scary. What this new Resident Evil 4 does to me to make it more scary is two things. A, the realism. Like, it is just more yeah, realistic looking and gory and the things that were a little bit more campy and grotesque in the original are now yeah. profoundly disgusting. Like, when I see, like, a rotting carcass on the ground, like, I have an actual gag reflex to it. It, it grosses me out, and it's disgusting. And that is prevalent yeah. in there. There's a lot of me getting chopped up, and if I die, it's disgusting. The other thing that it comes into play, and there's a little bit of this in 4, but it really resonated with me in that village demo, was the level of stress that I experienced trying mm. to survive was absurd. One of the more stressful situations that I've experienced on where I was like, there was a chance that I could play Resident Evil 4. And after playing the demo, I was like, I have had my fill. I was on the roof of that yeah. fucking house after knocking th things <laughs> down. The guys are climbing up ladders. I'm kicking them off. The fucking dude is in my face with the chainsaw running at me. I'm trying to dodge. By the end of the time that that bell rang, I was like, I... Ooh, I'm sweating. I'm good. I'm done. It is scary to me. Uh, but I get what yeah. you're saying where it doesn't have... It's not like... It's not like Resident Evil 7. I played the first two hours of Resident Evil 7. That's a much different type, type of scary. That version of Resident Evil 7 makes me not want to turn a corner at any moment because I'm afraid of yeah. what might jump out and petrify me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely... Like, if I... I would more closely compare Resident Evil 4 with the Resident Evil 2 remake. Um, yeah. Sorry, the Resident Evil 4 remake with the 2 remake. Comparatively, I would say 2 remake is harder, like more stressful to stay alive uh, and scarier um, just because Mr. X is chasing you the whole time, which mm. I, I don't think you ever made it to Mr. No, X. No, same, same thing. I played the first like two hours of Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, I was in like the, you know, I was exploring the police station and stuff and yeah. it was definitely fucking terrifying. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, the, Again, the thing but it's a, that's closer 4, to the Resident Evil 7 to me than Resident yeah. Evil 4. The thing with RE4 is like it's very action oriented. Yeah. Um, I like that. And it, once you get used to the action, it just kind of everything wears off. You're, right. you're not startled anymore. Um, but it take it's that getting used to the action that you have to really get into, uh, which I honestly, I don't know if I like the more action based or the more horror base like survival yeah. horror base um i enjoy them both i it's it's kind of hard it's i feel like i'm picking between children here but i think this game was wonderful um and i'm so surprised that like half of my top 10 list this year so far is just remakes or remasters yeah no um, it happens this game resident evil 4 is wonderful i i, I want to play it again the only reason I haven't played it again is because I'm trying to catch up on other games. Right. Um, like I want to play it again and try to get the platinum, which requires like six playthroughs or something crazy. Um, Fuck that. But yeah, I, I'm trying to play through other games currently. Uh, but man, if you are a Resident Evil fan in the slightest, play this game. It's so good. Uh, if you don't like, if you can't play this game, if it's a money issue, something. Go play the the other remakes that are now like ten bucks or something cheap. Yeah, they do drop in price um, pretty significantly. Or wait till the holiday season. Resident Evil Four will be on sale for twenty five bucks. Exactly. I I think everyone should play at least one Resident Evil. Um, my gaming genre like preference has shifted significantly since I first started playing these games. Um, 
they're just wonderful. Uh, it's yeah. just it's just me gushing about this this game. No, I, um, but that's like the other thing too that I think that we miss out on on this show sometimes is like the general consensus on this game is right in line with you. Like if oh, you look absolutely. at like how people are feeling about yeah. Chia, it's maybe not right in line with how I'm speaking about Chia. Like I am individually yeah. passionate about that. You are the voice of many here with Resident Evil four in it being like, here's a remake of one of what it has a case to be one of the most beloved games of all time. One of the greatest yeah. games of all time, like a top 20 contender easily many people's favorite. And the Resident Evil 4 remake lives up to the original and potentially exceeds the original, uh, which is yeah, absolutely insane. That's uh, amazing because, yeah. like, coming into this, everyone was like, this game looks good, but how is it going to compare to the original? And the fact sure. that, that the mass majority, like, are saying this could be the greatest remake of all time. Yeah. Or, like, the people that I've been seeing on Twitter for years talking about how RE4 is the best game ever and they're loving this game equally. Yep. Um, that's amazing. It, they, they, yeah. they pulled off something wonderful here, and uh, good job, Capcom. You know, yeah. Thumbs what? up to Capcom. I, I hope they continue to remake their Resident Evil games. I hope they continue to make new ones. The more Resident Evil I can get, the better. Yeah, I think the, the coolest thing that I've heard about Resident Evil 4 is that Resident Evil 4 is a game that a lot of people have just, like, pinned into submission when it comes to playthroughs like they've played it so many times that they know what's around every single corner and it's yeah. been speed run and beat to shit so many times and modded and people just know exactly what to expect from resident evil 4 and from what i understand the remake really plays on that on like yes, hey you think that this is yeah. going to happen here well check it out now it happens there or it happens this way yeah. or this guy is actually here and that's that's just a really cool way of doing things so happy to see they, that they did a lot like similar to how the last of the show kind of remixed the game, sure. this game remixes the original. Um, mm -hmm. And I think it, it, it does a really good job. It gets rid of a lot of the pain points from the original and it replaces those with uh, more modernized uh, substitutions, which yeah. I really appreciate. What more can um, you ask for in a remake? Yeah, it, it's, it's one of the best remakes ever made. Uh, and you know i just while, while i'm thinking about it there's always been there i i don't know how prevalent you've heard this argument but i've heard this argument on twitter specifically because that's where all arguments take place anymore um that remakes are hurting like the current game like uh industry just because there's less innovation and less progression because everybody's remaking stuff i think sure. that's the biggest load of bullcrap ever I yeah. hate that argument. I love remakes so much. I don't care if it's nostalgia. Like, to bring something that was already amazing up to current date, like, that's so... I love remakes, dude. Because here's yeah. the thing. I could either get a remake of Resident Evil 4, or I could get somebody trying to make it an Avengers game that's live service and stuff like that. Like Absolutely. I, I like remakes of older, more traditional games so much more than the the way like current games are heading with. Yeah, um, and there's something to actually, say for like, you know, for every remake that we get, you you can get you can get three remakes for the probably the price and the um exactly you know manpower that it would take for two brand new games. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's there's that yeah. little not lack of like investment, but like the story's been written for you. You know, you're good to go yeah, on that. The character exactly. design is already done. Let's start building this thing and adapt these levels as opposed to, 
you know, create brand new exactly. innovative levels. Which, like remasters specifically, a lot of companies just license those out, right? They'll license yeah. those out to other. Do you want to transition developers. this conversation into Metroid Prime? Yeah, yeah, that that'd be great, actually. Um, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but no, like, continue. They'll they'll license those remaster. I just spit on my mic. That's just That's okay. They'll license. It's the, those it's the kind of show we're running out. today. Burps and spit <laughs> and, and fucking. At the end of those, this, Colin's gonna take a poop. <laughs> I I am I am. Uh, the re- the remasters almost function as funding for that studio's next project. Like yes, dude. If, so remasters and remakes, I feel like are pushing the the envelope forward in a different way. Than They'll the, be used than to kind of games. like gauge interest in things. I think we talked about that a little exactly. bit last year when we were talking about Chrono Cross. Uh, Chrono Cross Radical Dreamers Edition is like people are always clamoring for Chrono Trigger. Give us Chrono Trigger. Give us a way to like the fact that you can't buy Chrono Trigger on PlayStation Five or Xbox One, or Switch, or fucking anywhere but Steam and your phone is absolutely absurd. And then for them to take Chrono Cross and say, here's a $20 remaster, let's see how this fucker (laughs) does, it was, like, suspicious. And a lot of people think they're like, okay, well, maybe that is, like, it's a test. It's like, how invested are people in the Chrono series? If we make this and we sell this many copies, we've made this much money off of it. It took us very little to actually remaster this thing. Now we see that this many people are interested in the game that's less popular than Chrono Trigger. Does that mean that we now have the information? Did it give us the data that we needed to say, hey, instead of remastering this, let's go ahead and remake it. The interest is there. And that's the kind of thing that I think does exist for that. Um, It is a little bit backwards for Metroid because Metroid kind of put out dread. In the meantime, but Metroid's Metroid's a fucking mess right now anyway, because Metroid Prime 4 has been announced for like seven years. And yeah. Metroid Dread then was almost shadow dropped on us, like announced and released within four months. And then Metroid Prime Remastered was supposedly in the can. Like this game has been finished for like a year and a half. Retro's just yeah. sitting on it. It's a whole situation. But nonetheless, we got a real nice remaster of Metroid Prime. We talked about it a little bit before, but now you've jumped into it. Where are you at in this game? Uh, I beat it. No <laughs> I, way. I beat Prime. When was the last yeah, time you beat, beat a first party Nintendo game? Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. 2016's Fire Emblem Three Houses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 2019, 2019, 2019, 2019. Um, yeah, I, I think. Oh God, I can't remember. Yeah, it, crazy. It, it was good. It was so yeah. good. It, it's still definitely really old. Like you can feel the design choices from sure. being old. Uh. It's good. I'd never played it before, and it looks the remaster, possibly one of the best looking games on the Switch. Um, I think it is probably the best looking game. Like if you look at like the uh, breakdowns, like who are the people that do like the real deep dives into Digital Foundry? Digital Foundry, like look at like Metroid Prime. I'm I'm pretty sure that pound for pound, this is the best and most like uh, impressive remaster and game in general on the Switch visual fidelity wise it's it was really good i also played this on my channel on twitch and it's going mm-hmm. live with part like a part every other day on my youtube channel um if you want to watch that colleen uh, underscore k-a-u-l-i-n-e yes yes gotcha, bro. um actually i don't is there an underscore on you there is there's an know. underscore on all of your matter. things oh okay okay um <laughs> don't worry but, i got you <laughs> i have no idea dude um 
I I love this game. It was great. It was a little long in the tooth, but um, that's mainly just because when you finish all the areas, then you have to go on the hunt for like the artifacts that are yeah. actually kind of hidden really well. And I had no, I, I finished every area in this game and I had like three of the 12 artifacts. So I had to Google where they were at and they were hidden. Mm-hmm. They were hidden real good. Um, but yeah, this game is great. I understand now why people like revere the Metroid Prime series as like some of their favorite games oh, of all yeah. time. If I had that game when I was a kid, I would have freaking gone crazy with it. Um, the dual analog control really helps bring it up to date. I could not imagine Huge. playing that game with one stick. Um, or how about with yeah, a it, Wii remote and the nunchuck? No. No, <laughs> no there, so there's talks about them taking uh, Prime 2 and 3 and just porting them over from like the Wii, the Wii version. I think they're going to get the same treatment. My guess is that we get a 2 I and 3 hope, package uh, for I 60 bucks. I hope they get the same treatment. I, yeah. That would be amazing. Uh, if they do that, wonderful. I can't wait to play them. But um, I really appreciate the updated controls and graphics of Remastered, yeah. which it was a $40. I mean, it's... It's perfect, yeah. It's worth it. It's worth the $40. Yeah, it's it's a problem. It's a whole different conversation about, like, okay, backwards compatibility with, like, that yeah. genre of things and the inaccessibility of it. And then, like, we become part of the problem when we're like, yeah, okay, you didn't give it to us as a pack-in, but... uh you know what? We could buy it for $40 with a slight remaster. Yeah. And everyone's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we jump right into I, it. It's, just a, it's a whole situation. Like I get honestly, it. Honestly, I'm just so a cool. snob that will take the new coat of paint for 40 bucks any day. It's like, the perfect, like it's the paint. perfect end cap to our remasters conversation is like, I would rather if, if you gave me the option to go buy the original GameCube version for $10 on some sort of digital storefront or this yeah. remastered version for $40 with upgraded controls, yep. high definition, and a nice coat of paint, I'm going to buy that remaster every single time, especially if it's like this every faithful. Every single time. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, what M- Metroid history, you played Dread? I played Dread, never finished Dread. Um, and then you beat this, and then anything else at all? This. No. No, that's yeah. It. All right. So I would say I think that you should play a 2D Metroid game. And I think that you well, should I mean, try. Dread. Okay, but not Dread. Dread is Dread is definitely good. Dread is good. Dread is good. Dread is good. You should try Metroid Fusion. Did you say Metroid Fusion? Oh my god. Why? I don't know. You have a Steam Deck and you have the capability. It would be such a perfect Steam Deck game. It would be it available on the Nintendo Switch Online service with expansion pack if you have that on the Switch, which is a nice way to play it for sure. That's how I've been playing it. I'm like halfway through Fusion right now. And um I would also say Super Metroid dude, the Super Nintendo one, is available on your Switch through the regular Switch Online. And holds up. I mean, I'm not saying like it holds up. It's pretty cool for a 1990. I'm telling you, like by 2023 standards, this is one of the greatest Metroidvania games. It's in the name. <laughs> we'll see. It is yeah. in the name. Something to think about. It is something that I, I think that you would enjoy. Like I can, I can definitely imagine you having you a know, really good time in a post Metroid Prime remaster world, sitting on the couch and just blasting through one of those like 12 hour, like to eight to 12 hour Metroid 2D games. Well, you know what I'm going to do, right? I'm just going to wait till they remaster it and sell it to me for 30 bucks. 
I don't know if they are going to remaster those. Like the 2D. Everything pixel will be art. remastered by yeah, the time. Yeah, you're probably we die. right. You're probably right. I buy that yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I buy that shit. Yeah. Uh, too fucking funny. Um, all right, so we shifted Metroid up. Let's talk about I played Diablo 4. I played gratuitous amounts of Diablo 4. And this actually goes back to like our Resident Evil story and how I was talking about the realistic gore and stuff like that. How much Diablo experience do you have, Colin? So I actually have no Diablo experience. Um, uh, the closest thing I have to Diablo is Minecraft Dungeons. <laughs> okay, yeah. You, did you um, ever play like Marvel Ultimate Alliance or anything like that? No, I never played X Men Legends. Uh, um, no, 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 no other like two like three D isometric view fixed camera hack and slash. Uh, you're you're I played, loot and I shit. I played Fate. Fate. Do you know? What yeah. Fate okay, is? that's a Diablo ripoff. Yeah. Yeah, I played. I played a ton of Fate when I was a kid. Okay. And I yeah. Have that. I have like all of them on my Steam. Yeah. What's the other uh really uh, kind of like kiddified Torchlight? I want to say. You ever heard of Torchlight? I think that was pretty popular. There's a couple of them now, and I think they really, I think they had a lot of popularity on Torchlight 2, and then Torchlight 3, they made, like, free-to-play with premium fucking add-ons, and they fucked it. But, uh, okay, Diablo. Diablo is a time-honored tradition. The first and second Diablo are pinnacle turning points in PC gaming that are beloved by fans. The thing about the Diablo franchise is that you like for me and people that are my age i had people coming out of the woodwork that i haven't talked to in like four or five years that just like know me as like jake who likes games and we're friends who would be like yeah. hey you playing diablo i'm like yeah what the fuck you're playing diablo <laughs> and they're like, yeah dude i love diablo sure. like it's it's the kind of game that pulls those like old pc gamers back into it diablo 4 is going to be a major major release the thing about diablo 4 yes. go ahead i see i see you got something uh well, I'm a, it's it's a dumb question, but mm-hmm. I was going to ask, did you play the open or closed beta? Uh, I know you played the open, right? Uh, so I have I have an interesting history with Diablo. So I played, there was like a, I haven't played any of the closed betas technically. I played the early uh, beta. There were two weekends of Diablo 4 beta where it was an open beta for anybody that pre-ordered the game or anybody that ordered a KFC double down sandwich. Well, Want to yeah, guess which one? Want to guess which sandwich? one I did? Did you did you got the sandwich? Oh, I, I ate going. the fucking did, did sandwich, man. Sandwich? Oh my god. I didn't even know there was a sandwich else I would have gotten it and gotten early access. I mean, oh, the only reason I didn't play this beta sandwich is because is a, of RE4. Yeah, sandwich is Putting it lightly, um, for anybody who's not familiar with what the KFC Double Down Sandwich is, is it's two pieces of fried chicken with, it's it's basically, it's a mayo, bacon, and cheese sandwich, but the bread is two pieces of fried chicken. It's so good. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so I got that, and it gave me a code for the weekend. So I was able to play it uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday of one weekend, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of the next weekend was anybody with a console or a PC could download yeah. and play this game open. It was a classic Blizzard launch. Have you ever played any World of Warcraft games, Diablo, Overwatch on like an opening weekend? You know, 70 to 140 minute queues left and right, like server crashes, issues. It was a, it's a beta in the truest form. This game does not launch until I want to say June or July. Um, there's time in between now and when it comes out. And it's definitely like a server stress test, but that's not to, that's not to say Blizzard gets off easy. These motherfuckers have been around and been one of the biggest developers of 
online games for like 35 years and they still fuck it every single time like it's an abysmal nightmare i hope microsoft acquires them and fixes them we'll see uh also toxic workplace environment um worth worth noting always like blizzard games these days get a fucking asterisk as like i don't know the history of who worked on this game but from what i understand there's a lot of toxic scumbags that were in that company for an extended period of time so um Take it all with a grain Bobby of salt. Kodak's fucking, still there. fucking losers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Diablo 2, 1 and 2, beloved. Diablo 3 came out, and although it is very popular and a very good game, one of the things that Diablo 3 did that differentiated it from the first two is that it kind of softened some of the hard edges that Diablo 1 and 2 had around the theme. Diablo is a inherently dark and like disgusting game. It's about you know, necromancy and death and destruction and the devil and weird religious cult stuff and just like really intense things. And Diablo 2 showed that, but that's a game from, you know, the late 90s, you know, so you can only show it in so many ways. And then Diablo 3, although it had some of those themes, no doubt, it didn't have the same sort of like hardcore edge, I think, that Diablo 1 and 2 had. Diablo 4 reverts on that in a massive way. So going back to what I was saying with Resident Evil 4 about how, like, taxing it is for me to look at, like, gross things. Diablo 4 is one of the most disgusting video games that I've ever fucking played in my life. Like, I love the gameplay loop of Diablo. Diablo 3 is my favorite. I am in the vast minority there. Most people that play Diablo want this game and how disgusting it is. But I'm talking, like, environments that were so taxing. It made me feel... Do you remember when we played Elden Ring together? How sometimes, like, after we, like, would play, like, four hours in Kaelid, I'd be like, dude, I need to, like, not play this anymore. Like, something about, like, being in those like overwhelmingly intense visually intense worlds makes me need to like i need to go play kirby right now (laughs) like i need you're such a snowflake i don't i get it i get it like it's just not it's just not for me like i can put up with it for a limited amount of time and stuff like that like i really hope that this game i don't think it's going to have it because it's so baked into like what this game is and uh, that's the problem is that like it is not just like i'm hacking things in half and that's gross but it's like bodies strewn on like the side of like environments it's like full caves that are like made out of intestines and stuff or like tentacles and tubes and just like grotesque eyes and shit like that like it is really fucking taxing for me to play like i play i played it with the fellers the homies from you know my stream and like in real life and they were way more into it than i was like i was having a lot of trouble like sticking with this although the gameplay and that's the thing is like diablo 4 is looking like a perfect diablo experience it's just i don't know if the perfect diablo experience is for me (laughs) like i love the sound of gross and grotesque like mm. i love weird gross things like that sure played scorn and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, huge scorn bugs. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that. I'm really mad I missed this beta, and I really hope oh there's my another God. one before launch. Um, because okay. I want to play it. Um, this is a game that I would safely say, like a lot of Destiny's DNA is pulled from Diablo. Um, yeah. It, it is a very big emphasis on like 
you are cruising through dungeons and they are you have an overworld with quests and everything like that but then you will stumble upon you know some cellar you'll go into the cellar and the cellar is infested by infected rats and you have to purge the rats and at the end of it the rats are going to drop a bunch of common equipment and at the end you're going to open up a chest and that's got a chance to get you legendary equipment and it's going to make the numbers for the stuff that you like bigger you are going down skill trees and you are upgrading things and your critical hit chances and equipping new moves and options it is a diablo experience through and through and it is a very pure diablo experience and it seems like they took their time with it it seems like a return to form i think people that are diablo 2 and 1 fans are going to find what they're looking for here in diablo 4 that's for sure um the, yeah. well, i got this is like completely fucking off track but you mentioned scorn chia mm-hmm. chia deluxe edition has a collaboration with scorn with with Scorn and a bunch of other yeah. indie games. Uh, <laughs> I remember hearing about that. That's so weird. Yeah, so you can play through all of Chia and look like that little fucking nightmare version. It's uh, The games are, so you can weird. look like the main character from Sifu, Scorn, which is like this disgusting little body man. Um, yeah. Flintlock, which I don't know, and Cat Quest, which I only uh, have like probably seen a trailer of once. I've heard I know Flintlock. Cool Flintlock little like indie collaborations similar. though. Yeah. That's so weird. You gotta do the uh, full the people are asking for it. They say that we need to see Chia the full scorn gameplay. I feel like that would actually be a pretty like a, a pretty good YouTube series. If you played through Chia and you hard Chia, RP'd but Scorn. <laughs> yeah, Chia Scorn, the scorn cut. <laughs> I'm just gonna have my dick out the entire <laughs> the entire playthrough. <laughs> we gotta make it phallic somehow. I don't know. I too fucking good. Uh, but, okay, um, Diablo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two things. One, sure. I really want to play it, but I, I, it's impossible to have two live service games. So I, I hope- don't. So here's the thing about like live service with like Diablo is like it's you get what you put into it to a certain point, but also it's got a very fulfilling like story. Destiny. Destiny is very much. It, it's Diablo, but it's not as, like, elegantly, um, I don't know, I here's the thing, like, I've played a lot of Destiny, it's not as, like, elegantly balanced, like, there is definitely a good story in Destiny, and there's story to enjoy there, but Diablo is, like, the core of it is the story, you know, like, it is a very... Okay, that's what I want. Yeah, I, I would want, be, like, I would 30, feel very... 40, yes. Yeah. I would feel very confident in recommending you... Diablo 4 for PlayStation 5 at retail price for like a full playthrough on stream. Like I think that you would have like a really good time digging through that and like the the fact that you would be able to way more seamlessly than Destiny be able to play your single player Diablo 4 experience but then also while streaming your single player experience be like oh I'm loading into this dungeon let me just like invite so and so or some randoms okay. into this party to do this dungeon for me like See, we'll run uh, it together yeah that sounds good to me i want i want to play diablo as like a 30 to 40 hour story yeah. experience yeah I you don't should be able to do another so. live service game yep. um and if you decide you do also, want that out of it you'll have that option too then you know? i'll have it yeah yeah because well they, they um, had i know they announced like seasonal content right like a so diablo is huge for seasonal and end game content and like diablo 3 is still supported yeah. to this day they're on like season 33 or something like that Jeez, crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, second thing is, 
the main villain is Lilith, mm-hmm. and she looks almost identical to the Lilith from Marvel's Midnight Suns. I understand they're probably like oh, similar, like mythology based. Yeah, but they're both the main villain. They both have like the same design. Hmm. Um, and they're both Lilith. I didn't know. I, I had gone to like BlizzCon Lilith. 2019 when they announced Diablo 4, and I was like, uh, sh- long story short, one of the first people to sit down in the public to actually like play Diablo 4. And it was a really early build, and I played through, and like Lilith was like the big selling point, and people were going nuts. People love like scary demon ladies, bro. I, I don't get it. As long as they're hot, absolutely, dude. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Um, and I here's the thing: hot, is like I, I feel like I've been kind of harsh on my like Diablo Four takes. Diablo Four is very fun. I played thirty hours of Diablo Four since recording, like starting. I heard it's wonderful. Also, you again. know it's and a I good will game be buying when, it for seventy and, bucks. Like, okay, you know it's a good game and like a good beta when uh, like media outlets that are not game coverage report on it, mm-hmm. and like there were just a bunch of silly articles from media outlets that aren't video game coverage and they're like diablo 4 is shaking up to be a surprise success from blizzard it's like yeah bruh (laughs) (laughs) not too not too surprising but it does have this weird like mainstream it's like what i was saying before about like people coming out of the woodwork to play diablo diablo is this name that just like gets people they're like i have a computer I loved Diablo. There's a new Diablo that'll make me feel like I was a kid again. And it is literally just a modern version of what I loved when I was younger. It is going to be massive, no doubt, when it drops. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm glad I, I'm glad I'm hearing that um, because it makes me excited to play it. Yeah. Uh, Especially because I missed the beta. I hope there's another one, but there probably won't be. I don't think there Um, will be. You you probably get like some so one thing that blizzard does sometimes is they'll do like like free to play passes or or free weekends Mm -hmm. free weekends probably wouldn't be until a couple months into it but free to play passes like there was like when you would buy things like starcraft 2 starcraft 2 would come with like a little card in it where you could give that card to a friend and it was seven days of like the full version of starcraft 2 so that they could play with you so there might be some oh that's cool that's cool yeah um you gonna give me your card yeah, if I have one. Okay, deal. For sure. Um, <laughs> uh, speaking of... Uh, you going to give me your betas. Steam Deck when you get the Steam Deck 2? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, dude. Yeah, All right, cool. Um, speaking of betas, one that I did play was yeah. Exoprimal. Yeah, dude. Um, I'm, so, I'm so glad. I, you know what? I was like, this fucker's not going to play Exoprimal. I was so mad at you. <laughs> I was like, it's out. Play it. It's free. We can talk about it on Gameless. And I'm hotter on it than I ever thought I would be. Like, oh, I'm so I'm... excited. Because we haven't talked about this at all. And I wasn't there for your stream of it. But you did it. You made good. And you played Exoprimal. And I'm so hyped to talk about it. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Um, I played two matches. Mm-hmm. Three I played matches. four. Um... I will not poke this game with a ten foot stick, dude. Really? I'm staying far away. I do really? not like it. Listen, if it had a campaign or something, maybe, but this multiplayer like gambit uh esque stuff, I did not enjoy it at all. I had, had a not fun time with it. And I even played it I played it with dude. Freight Train, uh friend of the show. Yeah. And we were not having a good time. It was I, I can't believe you didn't like fun. it. I played I didn't it. Like it. 
I played it with randoms, and this it feels so good. So the things that have changed about Exo Primal since we last talked about it on this show is open beta that everybody could play, and announced for Game Pass. Now this game was looking like an easy skip, but the fact that I can play it with three or with five buddies if I so chose, it's six player teams or five player teams. It's five or six player teams. Know. It's more than four. Um, makes it a huge selling point. We are a, I have a friend group that is very much a Game Pass friend group where like it's a tough sell for a $60 game for all of us to play together and yeah. take a chance on. For a game that we can hop into with our existing subscription and play online in like a co-op type competitive environment, it is hitting all sorts of like interests that we didn't even know that we had. It's fun to shoot dinosaurs. Who would have thought? And the mechs were also unique and cool. Um, what was What was hurting it for you? I don't like, typically, typically, I don't like PvEVP experiences. PvEVP, for those of you who aren't familiar, is you are fighting with a team, typically, against uh, AI bots and stuff, and then, in some manner, you interact with another team also fighting against AI bots, whether you're racing to the finish or you're fighting each other at some point. I don't like those kinds of experiences. Yeah. Maybe it's because I always, I always lose. I always lose, dude. Like I've got like a ninety percent lose rate and stuff sure. like that. Yeah, I lost. I, I just, I just don't enjoy stuff like that. I'm, but I'm not a big PvP guy, anyways. So, I, you know, I have a hard time when you're mixing stuff that I do like with stuff that i don't like i just wish it was like a, a left for dead experience you know hmm. like yeah i guess so from point a it is a B, very like, weird and unique thing the way that the game works is like you play 90 percent of that game is a pve experience the things that are happening are determined by how well you're doing is going to negatively affect the opposing team so you load into these games and it's like a 6v6 experience technically however you do not see the other team or interact with the other team i should say at all until the very end of that you, you, match. well you want to know you want to know something you can interact with them the whole time you just have to run over there to them your maps are connected but i had no idea until the second match because i was trying to play my second match we just had this dude flying like pestering us the entire time and i couldn't really? do anything about it i didn't see any yeah. of that i didn't know that we could interact until the end the end yeah. there's like an actual invasion mechanic but yeah so the end it's just the two maps like converging in the center yeah uh, so i was playing on like the city map or something and there was mm -hmm. this dude just the entire time he was over there pestering us and like i was playing a healer so i couldn't even fight him and my teammates weren't fighting him so i was just dying repeatedly i wonder if that was like a beta thing like a like an issue like i don't know if it was supposed to be like that no it's it's one map that you just go across to get to your enemy team yeah but what i'm it's saying is i'm like, not sure i'm not sure that that's like the designed functionality like i wonder if this guy had i don't know glitched through or something Maybe. like that because from my understanding you had to instance into that and the only interaction that you would have with them up until the very end of the match was if you did a like specific invasion where you would get like a dinosaur and you would control that dinosaur See, to take them out. That's a thing too, but also freight train was just flying over to their side of the map and like pestering them too the whole time. Hmm. So yeah, I didn't experience I any of that. I was never pestered and I never did any pestering and I played four matches. I think, I think a lot of it's just people didn't know you could do that. 
Yeah, well, so that I, was another issue know. is that, like, it was a beta weekend, so nobody really knows what the fuck you're supposed to do. You know, yeah. it's like... And it's not the most intuitive gameplay. Like, the way that the game takes place is you're loaded in, it's a PvP situation, but you're not really supposed to interact with them. You're kind of doing your own thing for, like, these six different escalating missions, which are pretty much eliminate the dinosaurs in this area, for the most part, but they might have other and it like, little small objectives. You are progressing slower than your opponent well if you're you bad at it that's what it says sometimes it says opponent. you're progressing faster than your opponent which is what it said to you me know, a lot I, i'm really crapping on this game but i will say one of the coolest things about this game is in the city map it was like invasion of raptors and i looked up at the top of a skyscraper this giant hole opened and it was it was raining like a million raptors. Yeah, dude, it does it was, cool stuff. Like, there so are moments cool. it where it really is really cool. rad. And I think that the other thing is, like, the different types of mechs, I want to say there's like nine or ten of them, are there was a lot. pretty impressive with how varied they are. Like, you could play this game yeah. as, like, a third-person shooter or, like, a melee combat class, and they're both really, really effective and fun to play. I ended up gravitating towards this, like, Ninja Man and that I had a blast playing, and by the time oh, I played my I last game, I, I was, like, carrying my team. Like, I had a I had a really good time controlling this guy. Like, yeah, the, game, I, it's... the game went from not of any interest to me whatsoever of, like, I will not play this, I'm not going to spend money on this game to try it, to I can't wait for this game to come out so I can play it for free. Like, <laughs> I think it it's such a good. I think it's such a good game. To, game Pass game. It went for me from being like, "Oh, that looks interesting." If it's like Left 4 Dead mechanics, to being like, "I mm. have no interest in this at all." Yeah, I got my fill in those two to three matches that I played in the beta. I get it. Um, for so, sure. Not good job, Capcom. I, no, not I'm a joking. bad job, Capcom. I think Exo Primal is looking much more interesting than I ever thought that it would, and I had yeah, it, uh, a really fun time playing it. So it's something to, I think if you're a Game Pass gamer, this definitely should be on your radar. I'm not saying go out and fucking buy yeah. this thing. Um, it is but I'm a saying, good game, good design, yeah. good like I think good beef to it, but just not yeah. Funny. I feel like this game was gonna get like review wise like sixes. And then after playing it, I'm like, okay, actually, this game is going to get, like, eights. Like, I think this game is going to surprise people. I would not put it on my fantasy critic. Mm. I would not. I don't think Understandable. I think you don't think it's going to get a 70 or higher? Mm, I'm sure it will get a 70 or higher. Everything gets a 70 or higher. Anyway. Yeah, I get you, but it's not, not a worthy investment. All right, let's move into... Yeah. Um, I played Bayonetta Origins... Cereza and the Lost Demon. How'd that go? I, it, it was all right. <laughs> I, I heard it's, it's surprisingly good, but... Yeah, it's a weird game, man. Uh, here's what I'll tell you about it. I only played the demo. Demo was about an hour long. I quit the demo. Maybe maybe it's longer than an hour long. I played the demo for about an hour, and then I quit the demo. Um, this is not my type of video game. It is an interesting game. It is a very dialogue-heavy game. It is a very slow-moving game, especially for the opening. A lot of, like, you running around at a snail's pace. There's no run button or anything like that. Kind of like a fixed camera view in an isometric world. Um, it's got a nice art style and kind of like a storybook presentation, which was really appealing. And yeah. you're in just, like, a fantasy world. You're like a girl who doesn't know her past type of tropey thing. I'm sure there's a lot here for people that are fans of Bayonetta, which I am unfortunately just really not not like i'm not anti-bayonetta or anything like that I'm just not as familiar with it as i'd like to be especially playing like a game Same. based on the origins of bayonetta or anything like that 
Yeah. So I was already thumbing through like little odd jobs. They're like, fill up the you know bucket with water from the well, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, fuck, gotta run all the way around this thing to fill up the water. I can't jump down. Like just having like a kind of like a bad time, sort of not not feeling not feeling it. Eventually, I got to the point of like, game opens up and let's like see what this actual game is about. Really interesting game. If I had to ask you what the gameplay of Bayonetta Origins is, what would you say it is? Like I feel like they've done a poor job of like. I would say Hades-like. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, not that far off, but no, not at all. Um, <laughs> it is very, very slow. It's almost more of like a puzzle combat type of game. Like, you can definitely hack and slash and do some combat and stuff, but you're not, like, dodge rolling or anything like that. The game, once you actually get into it, is you're playing as this one character the entire time. And I'm like, why the fuck would you ever control this character? The controls were so weird. You control the character with the right stick. I'm like, what the fuck am I playing right now? And then after a little while, you move to, you get a second character. You get this like beast character. So the character that you move initially with the right stick doesn't like attack or anything. It's like your main character or whatever. The left stick you control like this gigantic beast that does attack so it actually controls it's a game that is have you ever played brothers tale of two sons no no um each character you move independently with the right and left thumbstick so you control yeah. two characters at the same time independently on the screen and you're able to drive them around and do their attacks with the left and right triggers obviously corresponding to yeah. each character's moves. So the game ends up being somewhat of like a puzzly combat game where you're trying to position these two characters around. I quit very soon after I unlocked the second character. I was like, I can't really wrap my head around this right now. And I'm so like uninterested uh, in the way that it plays and the way that it's presented that it just like not for me, but I did leave with a much yeah. more like, I was like, okay game like you're doing you're doing something here you are a fully unique fucking experience like yeah i would recommend checking out this rating, demo right? yeah absolutely oh, for what it say, is did you pay for this because i was like it's a full game just on nintendo switch yeah no demo switch exclusive um and, and a okay. cool game and like a good looking game like it's got a cool a cool art style there's a lot going on there like bayonetta is not a bad game at all um it's just a interesting game <laughs> i would say it's it's got a uh it's got like i don't know light platformer elements it just has maybe maybe too much happening for a demo but if you're really invested in the story you could probably find something to love about it gotcha but i don't okay. think i'll be revisiting it ever again all right i checked out another really wild indie game and it is a game that you put me on dude I didn't even I did, know uh, this existed. Like a couple of months ago, you yeah. were like, this looks like your type of shit because <laughs> you know I love Crazy yep. Taxi. I played the fuck yep. out of Mile High Taxi, man, and I loved it. Um, I had such a fun time playing this weird little game. Like, I don't, I don't know how much more there is to, like, say about this game outside of its initial pitch. This game is Crazy Taxi meets The Fifth Element. Boom. Okay. You know right now um, if you have any interest at all in this video game. So, one question before we skip past it. Mm -hmm. Is Mile High Taxi or Taxi Chaos better 
Mile High Taxi is a thousand times better than Taxi Chaos. Taxi Chaos is a piece of shit. I'll play any game that tries to give me what Crazy Taxi used to give me. Unfortunately, those options are few and far between these days. But this game is a extremely competent um, Crazy Taxi-like, if you will, where you are literally, it's just like arcade style. You go, you pick up a customer, they say, bring me to this destination, you follow the arrow, get them to their destination as soon as possible, drop them off, pick up the next customer, see how many times you can do that within the time limit or via like replenishing time based on how quickly you get them there. Super fun, cool to add the 3D vertical element. The city is designed, I think, expertly. Like it's a really like a live place. It's pretty well optimized. It's done. It's made by a single human. Like one guy yep. made this game and has been working on it for years. It's got a really interesting YouTube page. If you just search Mile High Taxi, it'll come right up. It's really just like this guy's YouTube page. It's on Steam. It was on sale. It was less than fifteen bucks. I couldn't. I couldn't be hotter on mile high taxi it's not like on my game of the year list or anything but i had such a fun stream of mile high taxi and if you're just itching for like a crazy taxi four type of thing this would absolutely fit the bill for you really cool fun yeah, fucking game good i'm glad you enjoyed um, it i saw it a couple months ago and said gotta send it his way so he knows yeah yeah for sure i uh, i had an absolute blast like I, I played this game for you know two hours and 15 minutes since I bought it. And it was like an hour and a half on stream and then 45 minutes of me like high with my feet up. (laughs) (laughs) I had a good time, man. That's good. Um, That's good. That's good. Speaking of things that we have good times, (laughs) transition master. Uh, It's time for your, I'll give you, I won't won't limit you to two minutes. It's still only the second month that destiny light falls been around. How's it been? Yeah, so I'm trying to remember when we recorded last time. You gave full impressions. After the raid. No raid. No raid. Okay, so since last month, if you're curious on my thoughts of Lightfall, go uh, listen to last month's podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thumbs up for Lightfall for me. Um, The raid came out. Uh, So the raid came out March 10th, and I streamed for... 19 hours i can't remember how long i streamed it was i I watched you until like five in the morning one night yeah and i think that's when i crashed um but then i got up at like 11 and then we we finished the raid during challenge mode um Mm. which was really fun the new raid's really good it's not that hard um i say that after spending 19 hours on it but you know the first day is always just extremely hard um it's good. It's a good raid. It's a good raid. Um, it's it adds a lot of lore that I'm really into. Uh, the final boss is interesting, kind of good. Uh, but the coolest thing, uh, I you know I could have in depth talks about this raid as much as you know as much as people listen to me, but I'm not going to go on super long about it. The coolest thing is I spent, I did 40 runs of King's Fall to get the raid exotic. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> I got the raid exotic for this one on my fifth time. Nice. Uh, so I, I, dude, I got, I saw it drop and I was like, yes, <laughs> I <laughs> lost it whenever I got it. Um, but it's good, man. Life falls good. People really just, I picked it up in fucking really fantasy it and it's like the worst, it's like the worst reviewed fucking <laughs> <laughs> Destiny it expansion. Is, it is. <laughs> like but fucking six you years. You got one point off of it, and I lost I one point off of it because I counterpicked it. I didn't even know what a counterpick was, but it worked out for me. 
Um, Nightmarish. Kind of. um, but no, Lightfall's good. Destiny is good. They're making a lot of changes. Um, they are evolving Destiny every single month. They're making a change to evolve Destiny. Um, mm-hmm. And they're doing a great job of it. I got to give it to them. People, the problem is the Destiny community is one of the worst. They love to complain. They, oh my God. Hardcore but, niches like that are always tough, man. The vocal, yeah. the vocal minority becomes the vocal majority because it's not a gigantic community. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, it's tough. Because the yeah, people that but, are playing, the people that are playing Destiny Two in the off season, you know, are few and yeah. far between. Well, I mean, no. you know what I'm saying. It's actually so funny. The Destiny just reached its highest player count since I, I don't know if it's ever or since going free to play. Interesting. Um, but they're the numbers are high right now. Uh, Lightfall is their best selling expansion ever. Cool. Um, I don't know if they put out numbers, but. Uh, it's a good game. Don't let the don't let the Debbie Downers talk yeah. you into not playing it because I love yeah. Destiny. Good time um, to jump into Destiny. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Nice. Good game. Two thumbs up. All right. I have played a game that has eluded me for too long, and I for a long time said I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll play it, and I finally fucking played it. I played and completed Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. This is a 2014 Wii U game Wii U. that got yeah. ported to the Switch in like 2017 or 18, soon after the Switch's launch, honestly, and is now at this point four years old even on the Switch. It's still one of the best 2D platformers ever made, ever. What did you play it on? I played it on Switch. Um, okay. But oh, so here's the thing about it is I bought it on Switch and then. I was having not trouble, but I did like the first stream of it and it's a 2d. It's a hardcore fucking platformer. Like it is like, you know, timing is essential. Donkey Kong country returns. It's predecessor for the Wii is known as being like one of the more difficult and nightmarish, um, Nintendo platforming experiences. This one isn't as difficult. There is an easy mode that I didn't play. I played it on traditional mode as Donkey Kong. Kong. I know, I know I'm a gamer, but, uh, at the end of my first session, my fucking left thumb was killing me from the Switch's, Switch Pro Controller's D-pad. You got carpal tunnel, dude. I know. So I went out and I bought this beauty. Oh, what is it? If I you, can't see it. I. If you're an audio listener, I got the Nintendo Switch Online Super Nintendo Controller. So it is a... That's not going to help your thumb any. That's a soft plastic D-pad, dude. If you've never... You've never... Oh. You're too... Uh, this game... The Super Nintendo Controller came out before you lived... You don't know what yeah, it's like. It, it hurts my hands, dog. It's no, so it's fucking great. It's how you were meant to play Donkey Kong Country games. The first three came out on Super Nintendo. It felt so right. So this thing is $30. You can buy it from the Nintendo.com if you have a Switch Online subscription. And it is, is it a... wireless? Yeah, dude. I can't believe it's okay. a $30 first-party Super Nintendo controller that's wireless via Bluetooth. You can even hook it up to your fucking computer if you download like a little application and drivers to make it happen wireless first party super nintendo controller in 2023 so cool to have and it works flawlessly with this switch game um and a couple others as well but also just a really great way i played um echo the dolphin recently on stream and a couple other like super nintendo games to have this like authentic retro controller to play retro games on uh is something that shouldn't be understated i think it's a cool 
luxury to have. Um, really, really great thing is that Super Nintendo controller. And the price is right. So much so that I went and I bought the $50.64 controller for the Switch, too. Um, but I haven't opened that up. That's just sitting on the shelf over there. So when the next big, like, Nintendo 64 game, maybe Pokemon Stadium that comes out in a couple days will will be the answer. Um, we'll see. But we'll make yeah. that happen. Sure. Uh, but really cool. And then Donkey Kong Country uh, Tropical Freeze, I played all the way through start to finish. The game is about, like... Uh, I played it for probably like 10 hours, but I'm pretty bad at platformers. It can be beaten in a day if you're really good at it. Uh, but it's six worlds. Each world is like, you know, five to eight levels in it. And then there's secret levels and bonuses. And I think an extra world if you completed everything. But as far as just like a standard 2D platformer, it is such a fucking treat. You play the entire game as Donkey Kong. But the barrels that you pick up give you not only Diddy, but they'll also give you Dixie Kong or Cranky Kong. And each one of them gives Donkey Kong additional abilities uh, for his mobility. So uh, Diddy Kong has like a jet booster, which lets you kind of like hover down. Dixie has her hair that twirls, which gives you almost like a little uh, like Yoshi style jump, you know, where if you hold the button, he kind of like kicks up a little bit higher. Dixie does that. And then Cranky Kong gives you like a jolt down on his cane where he kind of like bounces and it's really, really fucking solid. Um, just huge, incredible amounts of gameplay variety. You've got your classic Donkey Kong country minecart levels where you're like, you know, um, jumping from platform to platform or left and right, depending on how that is. But then there's other ones too, that almost play out like a flappy bird type of thing where you're on like a jet pack. Like, just really cool shit, uh, constantly innovating. Even on the last world, there were new, like, variety methods of traversing the world that were being introduced that are just so fucking rad. Really, really like a tippity-top of 2D platformers. If you're into that kind of thing, uh, don't sleep. And I got it on sale. It was like, you know, Nintendo games are always such a hard pill to swallow. You know, this game is from yeah. 2014. $60 for this game is still the retail price, and that fucking hurts me, man. But the yeah, fact it that it went on sale for $40, I was like, you know what? $40? I've waited Bro, to... You should have used your, uh, your token or whatever. No, then I would have fucking been operating at a loss. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> It's, it's true. I'm saving. I'm saving um, that token. That token's spoken for. I have. I have. I got four tokens. You know, oh, dude. You that? Did you hear that clap? I did hear the clap. I don't know if it came. Oh, cool. I, well, was I, that I your ass? And, yes, I clapped a little louder. Okay, uh, dude. I was about to have the best, the best segue ever, and then I messed it up by clapping. Um, but you said that token spoken for. Oh, and I was gonna flip that around to Forspoken. For yeah, nice, good shit, dude. You're playing Forspoken. So good, so rad. <laughs> it was gonna be really good, and then I clapped, and it it startled me. Um, Hell yeah, dude. Did you play this demo? But actually, for Forspoken. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Um, demo did a really bad job of showing off the game. For sure. Bad demo. <laughs> uh, bad demo. Good game. Yeah, uh, but actually, before we talk about Forspoken, can I kind of remix things a little bit? I want to talk about Citizen Sleeper for a moment because this kind of leads into my Forspoken talk. Yeah, sure. Um, Citizen Sleeper. It was in the news for this week, but uh, it comes out on PlayStation or it's out on PlayStation on March thirty first, I believe. It's out now. And the fine, yeah, and the final DLC episode was also released. 
Um, cool. And you you guys heard me gush about it last year, but I had not played any of the DLC for this game because mm-hmm. I played it before any of the episodes were out. Um, so since then, I have bought it on PlayStation, replayed it completely, uh, gotten the Platinum Trophy, and beat the DLC. And I have to say, this is one of the most well-written games ever made. Um, I adore this game, and I I will play it over and over and over. The story is wonderful. The gameplay is fun. Um, I played for it for about days. seven minutes, and when I got to the 14th paragraph in a row, I oh, said, dude, I'm out. It- <laughs> It is it is the most well written. If you ever want if I you ever want to read this ever. game to me, I'd be interested in playing. <laughs> Dude, it is it is so thought provoking and emotionally provocative as well. Like this game, when you reach the end and you read the text and the music starts to play, it <laughs> brings a tear to my eye. It is it is one of the most joyous better than outer wilds i've ever had yes better than outer wilds absolutely oh um i oh adore God. this game so much and i've played through it i put like 15 hours in um and actually recently i don't know if you know what lost in cult is um but it's like this premium uh video game magazine that's kind of a uh, starting up oh yeah yeah I, I've, seen, I've heard of this yeah there's only like three or four yeah. issues right yeah, something like that. So they, they do like design works books, uh, which they did one for Sable, which was really nice. And they mm. just announced they're doing one for Citizen Sleeper. So I signed up to get notified about it because I'm buying one of those. Cool. Uh, nice. Yeah. Uh, play Citizen Sleeper, guys, please. It is so good. If you like thought-provoking and emotionally provocative uh, stories, it is it is one you don't want to miss out on. Um, yeah, how the fuck does this connect to Forspoken? It connects to Forspoken because I played this uh here at my new area um and then after i finish it i was like what am i going to play next so i said let's work through my backlog and play for spoken mm-hmm. so uh you mentioned with donkey kong it was more just like chronological for me to be honest um mm-hmm. you mentioned for your backlog that or for your backlog uh, you mentioned for donkey kong i gotta regain my composure i can't say the right thing um that you played on regular difficulty. Well, let me tell you about Forspoken. I am playing on the easiest difficulty. Nice. With every single accessibility option turned on. I pressed like two buttons this entire game. Like the shoot button. And I don't have to... It auto-dodges for me everything. Um, it has Just been, like an autopiloting. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but... I've enjoyed it. I think yeah. I've enjoyed it. Um, it reminds me a lot of how I felt about Atomic Heart. Um, okay, yeah. It has really interesting and good things to it, but at the same time, sometimes I'm just like, what? Right. Um, if you want to play this game, go in expecting a JRPG. Do not go in expecting a Western RPG. You'll, you'll be much more pleased if you start this game thinking, I'm going to play a JRPG. Um, or I might be lying. Okay, <laughs> expect a JRPG's cutscene system and dialogue, but mm. a Western RPG's progression system. Um, yeah, it's yeah. It, this game has gotten such a bad rap. It sounds like it's more Final Fantasy 15. Yeah, very similar to Final Fantasy 15. 
Which makes um, sense. I mean, it's the same team that's now yeah. shut down. Yeah. R.I.P. Luminous. I mean, they're technically still They're folded thing, in. Yeah. Not, I, think, yeah I don't, I don't think anyone lost anymore. their job. Yeah, that we know of. Um, but can I, can I spoil this game? And Atomic Heart? Mm, yeah. I say yes. Anybody who is interested in avoiding spoilers, you just go ahead and... I Give will keep it two minutes you, you starting can, right now. Two minutes now. Go. Um, okay. So this game, you have a cuff with you that talks to you the entire time. Mm-hmm. Very similar to how in Atomic Heart, you had like your little hand thing that talked to you the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sitting here thinking, uh, okay, this is like Atomic Heart. They're talking the whole time. They don't like each other. They argue. They start to connect. Oh, dude, this cuff's betraying her at the end. The cuff betrayed her just like the thing did in Atomic Heart. I am on the very last mission right now. I'm on like the kill the cuff mission where you're <laughs> killing the guy that's been talking to you the entire time. Yeah. Um, it, I, it was only, I, it was actually not telegraphed. It was, ter- it was telegraphed very slightly. Like you wouldn't, I would not have called it if I hadn't have played Atomic Heart where it pretty much pulled the exact same thing. Um, but this game, I gotta say, the story's been pretty good. It's had a good, like, emotional drive to it. Like, I'm a big, like, you know... You have a I minute like left of spoilers. Twist. Tell me what happens at the end of Atomic Heart. You said that game has, like, crazy twists. Oh, at the end of Atomic Heart, your hand thing turns against you and uh, possesses this liquid, like, this uh, living blood goo blob, kills you, and then takes over the world, from what we know. Um Atomic Heart is like a trip and a half. Um, uh, yeah, the the hand, the glove that you're talking to in Atomic Heart, it takes over the world after and kills you. Um, mm. And your wife in Atomic Heart uh, is the ballerina, ladies. But she she was a secret My agent wife. just like. Yeah, she was a secret agent just like you, and then she died, and then she got her brain put into the ballerinas, but the baller- she doesn't know that she's a ballerina, so she tries to kill you. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, crazy game. Um, and and it, spoilers and- now. All right, yeah. two minutes exactly. So Spoken- no more spoilers for Forspoken or no, n- uh, no Atomic more. Heart. Um, more like Atomic Fart. Or... <laughs> yes, I don't know. I was trying to think of something, but I couldn't... I um, uh, but yeah, you're digging for spoken. Both, it's it's good. I'm gonna try to get the platinum. It's huge, dude. Like the map is gigantic. Yeah, um, yeah. The loading time's like great, it. though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. I would say it's a solid twenty dollar game. If you, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about where I land on it. I, I yeah. would be interested in playing it at some point. When it hits like a game pass or yeah, that $20 price point for sure. Would just make um, sense. Yeah. Uh, with a similar price point of $20. Mm. How is neon white? Dude, neon white is so good. I feel so bad that I missed this game. I think it was just last year made a lot of people's yeah, game of the year list. And yeah. I just like avoided it. Like the plague. The thing about neon white is that like the story is such dog shit. And I know that some people will disagree and probably really like it, but it's all done by like, you know, little talking heads that have like a bunch of dialogue and they're talking about, you know, life and death in anime, I'm assuming. Oh, do you have to read? 
You do have to read, yeah. Oh, um, reading. It's it's very it's very not. I skipped every bit of dialogue from the jump on Neon White just to get to the gameplay. But the gameplay for Neon White is second to none. It is a first person. It's impossible to accurately describe. I mean, your best bet would be it's like watch some trailers. Game. But even yeah, even that doesn't do it justice. Like it is a card based first person platformer. I guess speed run game where you're playing in first person, like a first person shooter controls, but you're picking up cards and each one of these cards does something. Typically it's like a gun and your left click would use that gun's ammo, but you could also discard that card and it will do a different kind of command basically. And each of those commands is different and it's almost like a puzzle trying to figure out how to progress through the world uh, while using the cards efficiently to get there the quickest way. And it just has this intrinsic ability to suck you back in to fucking do it again, but faster. That is so fucking satisfying. I can't recommend Neon White enough. And it is a very good, like, the further I get into it, the more I enjoy it in, like, little bursts where I'll go through and be like, I'm just going to hop in and do a level of Neon White. And I'll hop in there. It'll take me 10 minutes to figure out how to get to the end. And then I'll spend another 20 minutes trying to figure out how to optimize that run. And then once I feel like I have my best score, I'm like, I'll play Neon White again tomorrow. And I've done that, like, for, like, 20 days in a row. <laughs> like, I'm really wow. digging Neon White. It's a great game to have. I can imagine it would be f- fantastic on Steam Deck. I love it just, like, on my PC, like, natively installed, just, like, really easy to hop in at the click of a button and pick up where I left off. Cool game. Gotcha. I don't think... Yeah. I Honestly, though, as much as I like it, I don't think it would have, like, broken into my game of the year last year. Um, But it's just... It's cool, and it deserves the love that it has gotten. Nice. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Neon White is rad. All right. The next one, I'm so proud of you, bro. You I'm so be. proud of you. You've been playing Psychonauts. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. That's okay. Yeah. You started it. Psychonauts. Yeah. You don't, I, uh, you don't often start a game and not finish it. That's true. I typically finish games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's been really fun. I really enjoyed it. It, I'm. It's the OG Psychonauts still. We're we're gonna play the second one after this. Um, so it's been kind of rough at times. It's old. It's like that. Er, well, not early platformer, but it's the PS2 platformer era where sometimes things just don't age very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's really fun. It's it's got great humor. So um, good, dude. And obviously Tim the Shaker double fine dog. So funny. Double fi- yeah, the Psych Odyssey is what pushed me into this is I spent 24 hours watching those guys build Psychonauts 2. I couldn't not play their final products. Right. Um I grew such like a a fondness to those people, almost like a a parasocial relationship of like I love these people. I would die for them. I'm going to play their game now. Um yeah. So that's kind of what pushed me into it. I love PS2 platformers too. Like I grew up on Sly Cooper and Ratchet and Clank, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, so like this is just right up my alley. And I can't wait to get to the second one where it's more modern. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I love Dogen. Dogen, bro. Dogen and the one that walks around with like a stuffy nose and tells stories like 10 minutes at a time. I don't remember his name, but he... The nerdy kid with hilarious. the afro? Hilarious. No, it's the one... Maybe, but he, I don't remember. He walks around, he's like, and this it's been a while 10 minutes, in this 10 minutes, I was uh, walking back to my camp 
And the next 10 minutes, I Ooh, was... Ooh, I vaguely remember. It's just like an NPC that walks around. The... the next 10 minutes. Yeah. yeah. He was... Yeah. Dude, he's so funny. I will sit there and listen to him until his dialogue is done. And everybody's it's like... It's good shit. Uh... It's like, I'm excited okay. for you to get to 2 as well, because 2 has everything that the first one had and more as far as like the comedy chops but it's also just like such a great modern platformer as well yeah, like like I a like wait. a remixed and remastered like i think it stands up there with like ratchet and clank rift apart or like i would say like it's like psychonauts 2 ratchet and clank rift apart and then like mario odyssey are the three like yeah. platformers that kind of come to mind when i think of like this generation modern yeah truly yeah. i cannot wait for psychonauts 2 the only reason i haven't made it there yet is because I am playing this on my Twitch channel and recording it for YouTube at the same time. And since I cannot stream uh, where I'm at currently, uh, mm. I've kind of put it on pause. Yeah. Uh, so once I get back to my place, we'll continue. Uh, but for now, Psychonauts is on pause. And it, I will be talking more about Psychonauts in the future. You can count on that. Really cool. Um, yeah. I've been playing a game that I would almost guarantee that you haven't heard of. Like, do you have any idea what Core Keeper is? Every time I hear Core Keeper, I think of Dome Keeper, I think is what it's called. Yeah, different game, different type of game. Yeah. Um, Core Keeper is the closest thing that I could explain to you would be like, it is basically somewhere between like Stardew Valley, Terraria, and Minecraft, with its closest counterpart probably being Stardew Valley. But it takes place underground. The thing about it, the hook on it, is that it is a game that you can play single player or with up to eight players. And the entire game is a like collectathon slash like I don't know, like mining sim, gardening sim. You're trying to like make a base, that kind of thing. And you're progressing through and destroying like different monsters and Oh my god, there's so much happening in this game that I'm like at a loss of how to accurately describe it. It is such a cool little video game, dude. And it is, I think, $12 or something like that. It's so cheap to buy Core Keeper. And it is fantastic. The game, I think what I'm trying to get at with this game is that this game is a jack-of-all-trades, but a master of all of them in this like 2D gameplay field so you could spend your time doing all of the gardening stuff in core keeper and have a really good time with it you could just go out there and adventure and kill stuff and have a really good time playing it as like a 2d combat game you could also play it as a like mining some people kind of really enjoy playing minecraft for how like relaxing it is to just like kind of tune out and mine things you can get that yeah. here as well um, but where it really comes into, I think it's like own is with the base building and like the organizational stuff and like the crafting, um, really cool game. I urge you to watch a trailer. I've done a piss poor job of explaining what this game is, but it's great in a group. Again, it's another one of what, those games. Uh, what platforms is it on? I, it's steam only PC. Um, in early okay. access, but it's getting updated Got left it. and right. Like since I started playing it last month, there's been uh an easter event and some other event too like with like a spring event with like you know cherry blossoms and shit like that pretty cool yeah i, I think i've heard of it uh yeah. i think people on the no clip podcast were talking about it but oh possibly there's so many games to keep up with yeah it's, it's been fucking awesome 
really really cool um and, and a, just a really great little video game to yeah. enjoy with buddies is really what it boils down to that's good that's good Pretty good shit um yeah you played some more octopath too i have i'm oh i don't know how many hours into it i am now uh really good not much to say not much to update on uh People like it's funny. I'm seeing on Twitter people are just now reaching the end because it's such a long game, and they're like, mm. "How many hours is it to complete?" To sixty, seventy, wow. maybe more. Um, people are like, "Hands down, Octopath Traveler Two is the best JRPG ever made." Wow. Um, yeah, lots of people are just singing super high praises for it, uh, and I'm excited to get more into it. That's I plan on after I finish Forspoken, I think I'm gonna move on full time into Octopath Traveler two, um, to try to grind through it. Uh, but it's good. It's better than the first one. It has more color and more life to it. Um, no it's shit. Just, it's a better game than the first one. Yeah. I think. Um, I think I'm gonna hop into that game. Especially with Live That's Alive good. being announced for um, the other consoles. Yeah. I feel like I want to play, not that I want to play like Live Alive again, but I'm almost like yeah. jealous of other people getting to experience Live Alive. And I'm like, oh, Octopath yeah. kind, of, kind of fills that. Dude, Octopath Traveler is wonderful if you like turn-based combat. Um, it is like, it is my favorite turn-based combat system. Um, and this the stories are really like for the most part very uh gripping like the the intro stories for octopath traveler 2 were much more interesting to me than the first game yeah. and i feel more driven to complete and see those stories through um and like i said it's just more colorful the first one was really gray and brown and <laughs> yeah no pretty. we talked about that in the last episode of like it does look yeah. like a much better visual appeal like they very much listen to feedback and have done a great job yeah what you recently. saw me play this game on on stream for a bit right yeah <laughs> yeah it's good it's a good game i, I recommend it's cool. it, it does the like the part, it is hmm. I was gonna say like I watched like a boss fight where it does like that oversized pixel art for the bosses and shit like that, which is such yeah. a satisfying JRPG thing. Like it reminds me of fighting like Kefka for the first time and things like that in Final Fantasy VI. Makes them feel much more scary, mm -hmm. um, and like you're like terrified to see if you're gonna make it through. <laughs> yeah, it's um, really good. It it is man, you're such your like, your affinity for like JRP like modern JRPGs and like these HD 2D games like Octopath, like you, I really hope that they like do even more so than like the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters, which are coming out really soon. Um, but I hope that they do like a, I don't know, like a full on HD 2D, like Final Fantasy 6 or Final Fantasy 4 so that you can go back and experience yeah. those. Because I know that you wouldn't just like outright play the Super Nintendo version of them, but you deserve to enjoy those stories. Like... Uh, yeah, uh, I would like that. I would, I would yeah. play them that way. Yeah, yeah, you'd love it. Um, Good shit. For sure. Got only one game left to talk about, and it's one that, that I never bring played. up. <laughs> it's one that I never and bring up on this one, show. <laughs> it's one that people would never think that I would play. Um, no, they they think. You think they? Think? We've been playing Breath of the Wild, baby. We I've been playing been Breath of the Wild more than I've ever played Breath of the Wild. I've been playing Breath of the Wild a weird way. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. I started Breath of the Wild 
out of pure like hype like the thing about breath of the wild is that i kind of mainlined it within a month of it being released on the switch and then since then have not given yeah. it another shot so i was like same tears of the kingdom is coming out i don't want to play it directly on the heels like we're right now like 32 days away from tears of the kingdom launching i didn't want to play it like the night before and then hop into it i want a little bit of a breather so i am almost done a hundred not a hundred percenting the game i beat the game but I also I am now to... at like 107 of 120 shrines. So tonight or tomorrow, I'm going to clean up the rest of those shrines. And for the first time, I, I probably did half of those shrines the first time. So a lot of it has been kind of new content for me. So I'm playing through the game with as far as I'm going to get in this game is going through beating all four of the sub bosses, beating the final boss, doing all 120 shrines is a lot of collectibles for me for somebody who only beelines games primarily and then finding all 12 of the memory locations i'm not going to find 500 korok seeds that's not in the fucking cards oh um, no absolutely one of There's the most notoriously no anyway. one of the most notoriously rude side quests that's ever existed absolutely but, um i love it bread of the wild holds up bro what have you been doing uh so i bought a wii u version and i have been emulating it on my steam deck yeah um and it runs surprisingly not as good as i thought it would mm. so I'm, I'm emulating the <clears throat> sorry i'm gonna my uh, my throat was getting stuffed up um i'm emulating the wii u getting all choked up thinking about zelda i hear you i know it i'm gonna start crying because how much i hate it that's a joke <laughs> i don't hate it um I, I am, I'm emulating the wii u version because it just emulates better than the switch version does currently um, and I thought for sure I was going to hop in there and get it like running at like 60 frames easy. Um, and surprisingly, no, I did a lot of research and a lot of, I looked up a lot of different Reddit threads and whatnot about people emulating this game. And, uh, the, the main, like everybody pretty much seems to agree the best you're getting on a steam deck is about 40 frames. Um, and 720p which is still yeah. better than breath of the wild on switch um because it runs at like 500p on switch um and it uh it you drop below 30 all the time on switch yeah. Yeah. uh frame rates piss poor um but it it looks good for what it is and i've also installed like some graphical mods um i've changed like the render distance uh, the level of, of like the, the render distance the is insane already. Yeah. Yeah. So I've turned that up. Um, huh. and I've, I've changed like the cell shading a little bit to look uh, a little bit like more, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but it's, it's, I've done some like graphical modifications. I've added sure. some graphics mods. Um, I have turned on the mod to ha give me infinite arrows and infinite stamina. Um, oh. And I got to say, the game is fun now. No, um, it's so fun. It's so fun maxing that stuff out on your own, bro. It's so fun to already have it maxed. But my thing is, I wasn't, I've never, I didn't download this to play it all the way through. I just downloaded it for a quick revisit, and this was the easiest way to do it. Yeah. Are um, you in d day one for Tears of the Kingdom? Yeah, for sure. Nice. Actually, look, I've been, I've been prepping. Every time I go get groceries, I pick up one of these. <laughs> just, to, just to split the cost 
You gotta um, get the get the thing, get the get the the pass. Maybe I don't know another Nintendo game releasing this year. Yeah, but for th- you don't need to. So here's the thing. This is what we always talk about: is how painful it is. It's seventy dollars for Tears of the Kingdom. Spend a hundred dollars on the expand the what's it called the vouchers. Get Tears of yeah. the Kingdom with it, and then for thirty dollars you can get one of the games that you've missed so far. You know what I mean? Like you can go back and grab like Mario Kart well, or Luigi's Mansion three or but my Xenoblade thing is like, Chronicles. I'm, I'm not interested in those games. So I, I bet there's something Mario on that Kart. list. That's interesting. I looked through it. Not really. Maybe uh, Fire Emblem Engage. Maybe Fire Emblem maybe. Engage. Uh, Pikmin four is on the list. That's coming out. No, um, Advance Wars one and two, which no, is actually up your alley. I'm interested. I'm, We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, on the but horizon. yeah, so I made it. I made it to the village, the first village. Rico? Um, yeah, and it's good. Or Hatsuneo. I don't know the one with the old lady. Oh, Kikriko. Impa. Yeah, with uh, Impa. Yeah. Are you yeah, Simpa yeah, for yeah, Impa? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. When she was young, bro. Um, I, I'm what? Oh, what's the one at the door? What's her name? Like uh, Pico oh, or I something? Forgot. Yeah, that sounds oh. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. bro. Um, but no, it's <laughs> all a right. Good game. Well, it's we spent a, enough time on Zelda. Um, it's a good game. Uh, I just wanted to do a quick revisit for the sequel. Um, and yeah, we'll be talking about the sequel in no time. It feels like. So. Nice. Let's take a peek at our game of the year list. It's changed. Back at number one for you is Hogwarts Legacy. And at number it one is. for me now is Chia. And then rounding Chia, mine Chia. out is Hogwarts Legacy at two, Theater Rhythm, Final Bar Line at three, Hi-Fi Rush at four, Metroid Prime Remaster at five, Colin, rounding yours out, two is Resident Evil 4 Remake, making its debut, three is Destiny 2 Lightfall, four is Dead Space Remake, five is Season, six is Metroid Prime Remastered, and seven is Atomic Heart which will be pushed off by the end of the year. Yeah, and uh, for Spoken would be right below Atomic Heart, I think. I don't know. Um, some of Last you might be list, asking... Baby. Yeah. No, for Spoken came out in January. Holy fuck, you're right. Yeah. That feels like a lifetime ago. It does. Um, some of you might be asking why Hogwarts Legacy moved back up. And... It's just because I sat down and I watched all the movies and I was thinking about how magical that entire experience was. Mm. No pun intended. Yeah, it's really good. It just, it was so good. And it it brought back so much nostalgia and an amazing game through and through. For sure. Great game. Yeah, I agree. Let's get into a little bit of news. The news! I've got some, like, the news is really interesting. We're going to spend, like, a short period of time on a bunch of little stuff right here at the at yeah. the start um yeah. i guess starting with like the least to most interesting uh, no that's not true wargroove 2 was announced which i think is so fucking cool you know wargroove no i was gonna say what is wargroove 1 wargroove 1 filled the void of advanced wars for a long time it's an indie game that is basically just new age advance wars we'll talk more about advance wars shortly but it's got a really nice like style to it it is a top-down strategy game like turn-based strategy game think um fire emblem but with units uh like artillery tanks and you know uh, bombardiers and things like that as opposed to like heroes you know what i mean why does wargroove have swords in its 
symbol then. Wargroove 2 has like a much more pronounced like pirate theme and I think you can get like uh, so like you wouldn't yeah, you wouldn't okay. get like you know uh, Elika the uh, swordswoman you would get like the swordsman class you know what I mean and you would send out like a yeah. troop of like six swords people and they would do an attack against the riflemen you know that kind of thing um, but Wargroove yeah. 2 no date no date for Wargroove 2 we do have a date for one of the cooler looking games that was announced recently uh, May 19th for Lego 2K Drive what do you think of this thing looks good um, looks so my initial cool, thought is whoa a Lego game by not TT yeah 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 there's another news story about like arguably it's it's all rumors for right now but apparently there's been some turmoil in Traveler's Tales and there's been some cancelled Lego games inside there but We'll see if any of that right. ever comes to fruition. But Lego 2K Drive is a open world car racer slash cart racer with a Lego theme. Think um, Mario Kart meets Forza Horizon meets what's a very customizable um, game? Uh, I, I don't know. More customization. I'm, oh, meets Robocraft. Roblox? You probably never played that. No, Robocraft. It's an actual okay. game on yeah i believe you get you. to build your own you get to build your own like vehicles and battle Ooh, them with other vehicles vehicles vehicles, <laughs> vehicles. i'm glad you're pronouncing forza correctly that's all i got For, forza. forza forza um yeah i am all fucking in on this game i think it looks so cool dude like it is just my type of thing to have like competent open world racing that has the sort of like diddy kong racing thing that mario kart now kind of does too where your car will like transform so you can have like a boat or a plane too in the air it's actually mostly like the crew the crew too if you will yeah. where you kind of like travel through a gate and that gate will transform your car into a boat um oh. but cool microtransaction ridden full-priced video game coming soon that i'm excited to play I was about to say, I heard some rumblings that it is got a bunch of microtransactions. It's got it. So, I mean, it's one of those we'll, games we'll that see. I'm sure it'll have a competent package and you could enjoy the game with just your introductory price. But you know how it is. If you want yeah. to be the fucking spaceman with the sweet blue flames, then it's going to cost you five extra dollars. The world we live in. Yeah. Get used um, to it. Which, uh, in mentioning the crew, I don't know if we ever brought up uh, the crew Motorfest was announced. At yeah, some yeah, you're point right. In the past, yeah, I don't think there's a bunch of like racing it, games that are in the can yeah. right now. Like, uh, what's the other one? Um, Test Drive um, Solar Rec Crown Recreation is that what it was Recreation is still that coming. One? That game's gonna be fucking sick, dude. Yeah. yeah, that's from some old Criterion devs doing like a burnout style thing where you can do all sorts Crazy. of shit. Looks really good. Um, yeah. All right, next game that was announced was. The Sonic Origins Plus, which I think is such a cool little package. Sonic Origins was the remaster of um, Sonic 1, 2, 3, and CD. Not even a remaster. It's just like a modern port, basically, with a little bit of, like, crisping up. Um, they announced Sonic Origins Plus, which adds a bunch of extra, like, collectible content in addition to a playable Amy Rose for all those games and, like, nine Game Gear games to play through as well. Just a nice little uh, bonus, and that comes out really soon. It's coming out in uh, June, June 23rd. Um... This was my favorite edition that you made. I wrote Lord of the Rings Gollum got a release date for uh, May 25th. And I wrote, 
<laughs> Lord of the Rings Gollum gets a release date, and then you added and looks bad. <laughs> It does on the look shared bad. Excel sheet. It, it doesn't. Dude, it, it sucks looks... because like I'm so in on everything Lord of the Rings, but it's just a stealth game, and I hate stealth games so fucking much, bro. Sucks so bad. It it's really disappointing really to bad. me. It's really yeah. disappointing. Um, they also announced something really cool, and this is an official announcement. It does not have a date. It does not have a trailer. It doesn't have much substantial information outside of they said this game is confirmed coming. The Last Ronin. Do you know anything about this? Is that the, is that the PlayStation uh, Ninja Theory one or Team Ninja? No, that is something else with the name Ronin in it. Okay, then I don't okay. Know. The Last Ronin is a fairly new, like it's only in the last five years that it's been created. It's a limited series graphic novel. I guess it's like a comic book. Let's say it's like a five issue comic book limited limited run of a Ninja Turtle story and it is a oh, dark yeah. gritty. Let me just set the scene for the comic. Okay, and then we'll talk about what the game is. It's the coolest thing ever. So it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that you know, but in this world it is the future and there is only a single Ninja Turtle left. The other Ninja Turtles have died and this Ninja Turtle rolls alone and carries the weapons of all four turtles. And it is the coolest fucking story ever because it takes place far enough into the future that the world of Ninja Turtles that you know with like Shredder and April and Baxter and Krang is all changed. But it harkens back and all of that stuff makes up the DNA of the story. So there are some characters that return that are much older. There are kids. There's all sorts of dynamic changes and it is just a very, very cool story. If you're into graphic novels at all, into Ninja Turtles at all, look up The Last Ronin. I can't recommend this which, thing enough. I don't... Which turtle, which turtle is it? I don't really want to say publicly because that's kind of part of the fun is like, that is okay. like a reveal that happens in the first issue because you are kind of left like, they use all four of the weapons so you're like yeah. which one is it and finding out exactly which one it is is kind of like its own reveal and it's awesome and uh, i will say that like throughout the story like it is one of those games that takes place like 60 percent, or i would say like 75 percent in its timeline and then 25 percent via flashback so all four turtles are in it and like yeah everybody is around um but the game that's being adapted is being adapted as a single player game that's inspired heavily by god of war 2018 perfect nice. fucking mix yeah perfect mix. I, if know, they I hit the nail a, on the head with this it a, could be great i was never a turtle guy yeah um turtle dude interesting yeah. yeah i think it's going to be a game a that turtle. like regardless of your interest if they do it right and it's good enough it could be something that's like you know, you don't have to be the biggest Spider-Man fan to enjoy Spider-Man games on PlayStation. You know what I mean? Like, I think that yeah. this could be a game that brings on new fans just because of how good the game is or how good the story is. So really excited for The Last Ronin. Uh, excited to see that game in motion. Um, let's talk about something fucking weird, bro. Multiverses? <laughs> All right. Very let's, weird. let's talk about facts. Multiverses was launched, Okay. It was launched. It was launched. It was, it has sold microtransactions. It has sold season passes. The game has been available. It had a really strong start and a very weak 
last couple months and they have run into what I believe is a content issue. So what they have decided to do is they've decided to kind of spin it and say that multiverse is coming out of early access and going offline in June. It is currently now unobtainable. You cannot go and download multiverses unless you have it already. You can still currently play it. All of your transactions are good. You can play it right now if you're a big multiverses fan, but it's coming offline until next year, at which point it will be launched publicly. Everything that you have bought and enjoyed will be back along with additional content. What do you make of this, dude? Is this, I think this is like Omega brain shit, dude. I think this is the everyone was like, which I I called it a couple months ago. I was like, multiverses is going to shut down before long. Whenever everything else shut down. When you see the but multiverses they, headline today, you think this is multiverses shutting down? Yes. Yeah. yeah so I I saw it and I was like, multiverses is shutting down. And then I read it. And I was like, what the? I think this is them saying. I think, I think this is their attempt around having to shut down. Absolutely. Or, their game would like, it's them looking to the future and saying that we would fail soon. Maybe yeah, not right away. And then like we could we could call it short, make a buzz and then mm-hmm. come back yeah. and make another buzz? I don't know, dude. This is like some, Launches like, are hype, dude. Launches brain. are hype. The first launch went really well. This is some big brain like marketing stuff that I, I think don't it understand. is. Launches are so hype, dude. It always is such a like interesting thing when things were announced. I mean, I saw headlines when there were seasons one and two's announcements with which characters were coming were hype. People were playing the game, and then they've kind of yeah. run out of that. And it's kind of like what Halo dude, ran into, you know? Halo Infinite came literally, out. I mean, Halo Infinite was kind of mid at launch, but um, they're <laughs> they're gonna come out in twenty twenty four. With the subtitle, 2022's fighting game of the year. Or yeah, I know it's what? it is bizarre, but it's what? going to be. I think it's I think it's big brain activity, dude. If they come back and they have like here's eight new characters, it's fucking like Harry Potter, Gollum, Gandalf. Like you know, there's so much IP attached to this thing that there's not that, that's good to go. And if they take their I mean, time and they create, they're like yeah. there are new seasons every sixty days. Each one has three new characters, and they really hone yeah. this thing in. They got another chance at life in the world of these they live had, service games getting demolished. I think they made a pretty good move. Dude, they only had Arya right from mm-hmm. Game of Thrones. Dude, they could put freaking Joel in there for all I know from the Last sure. of Us for the HBO yeah. like tie-in. Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's wild. It's, it's crazy. Weird. It's crazy. It's unprecedented. We'll see where it goes. There's a chance this could get pulled down and then just never come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know. What's your money on? My money's on. It's going to be pulled down and it will. We'll never see it again. Oh no, no. I don't think that. I don't think that. I think it's coming back. I think it'll come back. And then the question is, is does it survive its second chance at life? And I think that there's a good opportunity that it does. Uh, it depends it on what the IP looks like. They, it, uh, this game lives and dies on its abil- ability to make waves via its announcements. You know, like we talked about this when yeah. Multiverse is launched about how there is now a void in the world of like a game that creates hype just around its DLC. Nothing has ever come close to Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers Ultimate character hype was peak announcement fodder for the game industry not just like game announcement fodder but like any announcement fodder like the announcement of sora coming to smash is a bigger announcement than multiverse's entire existence like there's 
it, it depends on what they get for IP attached to it and how big of a splash that they are able to make. You know, Tom and Jerry being there. DLC is not going to make the splash that they want it to make. Like you're saying with like Joel from well, The Last of Us, uh, Jon Snow or something like that. Could be. Their, their problem is still... Jo uh, okay, Joel coming to multiverses would never be as big as Joel coming to Smash Bros. And that's the problem yeah. they face. No, you're probably correct. Is overcoming that. Like, I, like any one of multiverses' characters coming to Smash Bros. would... Anything going to Smash Bros. would be bigger than anything going to multiverses. I agree. Um, I agree. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. I This is above my head. This is just a yeah. weird thing that I've never seen before that I'm interested to see where it goes. Remains to be seen. Um, speaking of cancellations and shit, E3 dead, bro. E3... I don't know why people didn't see this coming. Yeah. I've said for so long. You know, I, like, I have it in here, and it almost just seems like a bummer to talk about now as like a news story. Like, let's yeah. not spend 10 minutes talking about like the death of E3. Let's dance we, like, on predicted their grave, it. Jay. Yeah. Uh, Summer Game Fest coming this June. You guys never should have broken up with Keeley. You should have listened to the man. Yeah. He knows better than that your entire company did. Still, It's still fuck the ESA for me. They're a money-grubbing company that doesn't even really need to exist, if you ask me. Read Pop. Yep. Seems like an okay company that is, yeah. uh, you know, acquired like a shit sandwich kind of, and they had to yeah. they had to force it, try to choke it down, and they were unable to. They were, they, they they were activated. Yeah, without a doubt. I would like to see E3 come back in some way. If E3 comes back, they need to start a fucking rags to riches story like Keeley did. He's, they've they've got to start behind Summer Games Fest. By the next by the time that E3 is ready to come back, they cannot enter the market as the gargantuan press conference headliner trade show that they once were. They need to recreate their identity and build up from the start. I really think that at this point I, in 2024, Summer Game Fest is a bigger deal than E3 is. Yeah, I don't think E3 is ever coming back. Um, I think it's they possible. might try, but they're not going to I think that back. name will think, be something in the future. I think what's going to happen is Jeff Keighley is going to evolve Summer Games Fest to have a more of a trade show aspect to it, to where yeah, he more didn't people already from start the community that. can come out. He already started it last year, and I think it's going to continue to evolve until there's a day where you and I can buy tickets and go there. I think that um, you and I will be able to get tickets and go there because we're pressed, but I think what Keeley understands and what E3 and ReadPop do not understand is what E3 is and what E3 is not. And the problem with E3 started long before it was shut down or before COVID and before it's like, you know, attempted restart. And that problem was yeah. is that this was supposed to be a closed door video game trade show where industry people go to meet and get impressions on things that are supposed to be released and to build hype around those things for the public to hear about via professionals not to attend it was not a fair it was not a con e3 was not for cosplay you know um yeah. what what happened was somewhere along the lines they opened up the doors to the public and they tried to do some medium shit where they would have some days were public and some days were uh press only and they got their lines crossed and they got too big for what they were um yeah. and it's because the esa Which, wanted to make more money it, it started becoming less of a service and more of a way to make cash i think I think we've we're, we've crossed that line specifically for good because no show is going to go back physically to an event like that just because it's so much cheaper to do it to do it online like to do yeah. their their own showcases. But they're but 
you, you have to do what Jeff Keighley's doing of getting those showcases under your umbrella, whether you yes. have anything to do with them or not. Showcases for um, the public under the umbrella and then the behind the closed doors press stuff, the way that Keighley is doing it, where it is a smaller, yeah. intimate gathering for people from the press to get embargoed information that can be rolled out as they see fit. Um, creating yeah. an environment for a place like Sega to show Sonic Frontiers to members of the press and saying you can talk about this stuff on June 9th and you can talk about this stuff on September 1st is a huge yep. opportunity for developers. So I like Which that I, it exists. I also think it's funny because one of my friends who plays games, but he's not into it like I am, he messaged me when E3 was canceled. He's like, why is E3 canceled? And I tried to give him like the whole rundown. And I think what Jeff Keeley should do. I, I don't know. I'm just spitball. I don't know what's possible or not. If Jeff Keeley could get the rights to E3 and rename Summer Games Fest E3. I really think that's a would, possibility. Because they don't, my friends didn't know what Summer Game Fest was. E3 was Summer like, Game Fest, is, I think, has a ring to it. It's just E3 has so, so much notoriety yeah. and Summer Game Fest, it's, it's, it's coming. You know, he made the Game Awards, so who's to say you can't make Summer Game Fest? But, uh, you could kind of like get your jump start with E3. He's already doing great with Summer Game Fest, but yeah, there's so much history and notoriety with E3. Like I could see that becoming a thing where he almost yeah. acquires E3. Um, That'd so. be great. All right. Uh, last thing to talk about is Tears of the Kingdom, baby. We've already talked about Zelda so much today, but you got Tears of the Kingdom gameplay. What did you think of this reveal? Uh, gameplay looked good. Graphics looked bad. <laughs> But yeah. I'm excited to play. Yeah, for it, sure. It got I think me excited enough to download Breath of the Wild. So yeah, and here's the thing: is like Breath of the Wild, even if it's in its current state, like I've been playing it on Switch natively with no mods or anything like that. It is a serviceable game when it comes to the visuals. It's a little blurry. It's a little fucked up, but it has an art style that makes it, I think, have a bigger impact. Like the the ceiling for Breath of the Wild's visuals is definitely in existence, but the fact that it is not trying to go for photorealism makes it look a little bit like a watercolor painting, like we were talking about for Chia at the top of the show. Yeah. Um Tears of the Kingdom still has that aesthetic. I don't think visuals are going to be anything that like holds it back. It's a little jarring when you see it and you're trying to like be like, well, it doesn't you know, it's easy to sh just swing your finger at it. But when you're actually in that game after 10 minutes playing it, you don't think about that whatsoever. It is a gameplay first video game. And it looks like just, the improvements and changes they bring to the gameplay are absurd. What are you going to say? Yeah. It, well, I just think Breath or Tears of the Kingdom is a perfect example of why we need a Switch Pro. Like I would pay for a yeah. Switch Pro to make it look uh, I think a, but many people me. I'm a snob about that kind of stuff yeah many people would but the, the game is launching in 33 days and I am so fucking excited for it because some of these gameplay yeah. enhancements look so cool what's cool about the gameplay that we saw was that it was very unrevealing when it came to like story but very revealing when it came to like mechanics and what it seems like is that this game is embellishing what people found and enjoyed in breath of the wild where people started to like break breath of the wild by using its systems and tears of the kingdom is involving new systems that are even more bendable and breakable where you have yeah. the like meld mechanic i forgot exactly what it's called but you can attach different items was, together was it ultra hand Ooh, Ultra Hand, yeah. That's right. I had a yeah. girl I used to date called... <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, 
<laughs> it's it seems really cool it had a little bit of the traversal options where you're able to jump up through ceilings so that you can ascend mountains if they're hollow ascend. yeah pretty pretty cool stuff and then as theorized the building mechanics for vehicles is in the game as well um all in all it was like a nine or ten minute presentation 13 minute presentation by onuma onuma's looking slick he's looking like he's ready to ship a fucking game the game is ready it's gone gold it is it is coming it is 32 days away let's not let's not dwell here for too long in two episodes yeah, we're gonna my, be talking about our hands-on impressions of tears of the kingdom my question is are all the abilities from the first game also in this game that i have is the to question. assume yes but they did I would not assume say, yes as well so. and it didn't there was no visual indicator that they were there either so no i, I can't know. wait to see how people break this game though it's going to be yeah. interesting yeah my only guess would be like there'll probably be some sort of like event or like time travel where you lose everything at the start of the game so that you're not just there with like a full yeah. kit of all your stuff and well, then maybe you get it back but i, don't I know. think i think the best way to do it would just be give you all the stuff from the end of the first game and then I don't think they can do it there. It's just not the video game way. I don't think there's even an example of any video game sequel that does that. There is at the end of this month, Jedi Fallen Order or Jedi Survivor. It does not, they've announced that you don't lose any of the powers that you had at the end of Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, but all those powers are fucking lame. <laughs> they're pretty good they're pretty it's good like fucking it's like one button type of abilities it's not like you know think of how for somebody that never played breath of the wild which i understand is probably not the, going to be the the common theme here but for somebody that never played breath of the wild to get dumped into that fucking sandbox of a game and having to learn what magnesis cryonosis uh freeze fucking well there, there's stop, certainly going to be some sort of tutorial. go bombs yeah, I just I I, I would I guess it'd be if any out. team can pull it off that the Zelda team can, and they've had yeah. six years to figure it out. So it's crazy that this game is so close, and there it. are so many questions. I'm really excited for it because of that. You know, it, it yeah. lends credence to like, would I enjoy movies more if I never watched trailers? Because I love that we're going into this game with nothing but surprises. Well, that's kind of how I have been recently playing things is I've kind of stopped watching a lot of trailers. Yeah, and I get it. it. I get it. All right. You want to get into some release dates? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, what, uh, what does uh, Xbox Live Gold have this month? <laughs> We're not talking about Xbox. We'll never talk about Xbox. But we will talk about PlayStation Plus, baby, because they got good shit, dude. They do, they do. Meet your maker. Great job. Yeah. Yeah. What's the deal? Meet your maker, Hot Fire? Mm, I, well, I haven't played it yet. Freight Train actually has. I was talking to him earlier for the yeah. show. Um, and pretty much Meet Your Maker, for those of you who don't know, it's a base building roguelike where you build a base. and It's kind of like uh, Clash of Clans, mm. but console next-gen version. Cool. Into it. Yeah. Um, it's free. You can get it if you're a premium extra or essential member. You can also get Sackboy yep. Big Adventure and Tales of Iron. Obviously, we are both huge Sackboy fans. We are yes. Sackboys. Um, I love, love that fucking game. Go download it and play it. It is, it is a fucking gas. Um, those are all available now. Meet Your Maker dropped on the 4th. Yesterday was PGA Tour 
2023, 2K23, however you want to pitch it these days. It's EA Sports, PGA Tour, 2003, Road to the Masters. On the 12th, Pokemon Stadium for the Nintendo Switch comes out. You don't give a fuck about that, right? No, not at all. It's If you have the expansion pass, it's a 64 game. I can't wait. It's a guaranteed stream from me. On the 14th is Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection, which is a collection of like 12 Mega Man games from the Game Boy Advance and DS. Super fucking hyped. 18th, Minecraft Legends. Are you going to check yeah. that out while you're away? You're going to wait till you're home. Well, I don't have my Xbox here. Mm, so it'd no. be PC for you. Um, do what? You'd have to do it on a PC or a computer, laptop. Cloud. Well, yeah, I'm not. Cloud? I, my it's, internet here is not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, also on the 18th, as I'll, I'll be playing Minecraft Legends, no doubt. Um, Real time strategy game. We've talked about it. We covered it on the show. We well, got a deep dive on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we were going to talk about, we were going to do like a versus. The like battle, yeah. Versus. That'll be next month. Yeah, yeah, it'll be when I'm back. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm kind of starting at a disadvantage because you're going to be playing it before me. Yeah, but you know me, I'll probably fall off. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Uh, especially because on the same day is Disney Speedstorm, baby. We got hands-on on this uh, a while back. I was in the closed beta test for it, and I love this game. This game is technically free to play, but they're launching the same way in early access that Disney Dreamlight Valley did, and it doesn't have the Xbox Game Pass thing, where it's $30 for the shittiest Founders Pack. And if you're a Founders Pack member purchaser, then you have access to the game early, which is on April 18th. So I'll be spending $30 to get in there. I'll have hands-on with that next month. No doubt. I'm excited. And the game is honestly a very competent arcade racer. It's somewhere between like kart and racing. Very similar to like the way that the handling looks in 2K Drive. However... It is track-based, menu-based, and it has free-to-play tropes where you're getting, like, character medals to unlock characters and shit. It's going to be oh, a big old fucking free-to-play nightmare. I'm so excited for it. Um, I'm going to check out the Disney Dreamlight Valley update, too, sometime soon. So we'll be able to talk about that. I got an update just uh, yesterday, I think. Um, the next day, on the 19th, Horizon Burning Shores. Shout out to Horizon's yeah. artwork, man. Bur- Burning oh Shores, God, Call of the Mountain, Forbidden West, and the original all have really dope, like, widescreen, nice, yeah. impactful visuals. Like, I would argue that Call of the Mountain and Forbidden West maybe look a little too similar. Uh, all three of those do. I, Burning Shores yeah. is slick, dude. Very it's got different. this really, really nice visual to it. Um, I think that's like, oh, there's a great one for like the game of the year edition too, for whatever the expansion was for, uh, the Uh original horizon, Uh, frozen wilds, frozen wilds. Yeah. It's nice. And that's visually distinct as well, which I like. Um, what do they do for the next one? How do they make that? How do they make horizon Uh, pop, bro? Space, space, space. Actually, that's very possible. Sci-fi as fuck. Um, Dude. Yeah. Super future. Sci-fi. Horizon. You need to finish Horizon. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, um, I will be playing this. I've already pre-ordered this. Yeah, you'll, I probably you'll have it won't for the next episode. Done. Probably no? not. Okay. Because I'm not going to play it on this crappy TV here because right. Horizon is such a beautiful game. It yeah. is like the peak of current yeah. visuals. Uh, hey, I'm going to wait till I'm on back you know on my you 4K can do? OLED. On the 19th, instead of playing Horizon... Play Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster on your Switch. I don't have my Switch with me. Okay, cool. I left it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes out with that day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy one through six Pixel Remaster that's been out on Steam for a long time is dropping on PlayStation Four 
arguably PlayStation 5 as well because of backwards compatibility, and Switch, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, the next day, on the 20th, April's kind of low-key has this streak, dude. On the 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st, there's like cool and interesting things happening. Um, on the 20th is the Crash Team Rumble beta for pre-orders only. I'm a sucker. I'm going to pre-order it and play it. Uh, also, this game was announced. The full version will be out on June 20th, so two months from then exactly. But I'll check that out. It's the MOBA PlayStation exclusive third-person platforming game. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk all about it. PlayStation uh, exclusive. Oh, the 21st is Advanced Wars Reboot Camp 1 and 2, finally. Uh, more than a year after its initial announcement because War, war is bad. Yeah, War. I'm pleased war, to announce that Nintendo has over. decided there are no more wars in the world. Peace has been <laughs> achieved and we can safely announce Let's Advanced go. Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp. <laughs> So fucking good. Um, On the same day, because they were scared, (laughs) we got Dead Island 2 pushed up a week. Originally slated for the 28th, but something else slid in there. Um, Dead Island 2 is on the 21st. Then, on the 27th, is Bramble, the Mountain King, which you've played? Yeah. I played the demo. I'm very excited for this game. It's Little Nightmares, but, uh, but like, Nordic... uh, mythology yeah looks interesting like pagan pagan mythology type stuff cool same day live yeah. alive hits uh playstation and xbox something else too pc pc I don't live know. Alive. No playstation idea. and pc yeah not xbox square's um, got a problem with xbox recently they do as they should um and then the the granddaddy of april Jedi Survivor, baby. We'll both be digging into Jedi this fucker. Jedi Survivor. Yeah. That is why, that's why Horizon will be delayed is because I'm grinding Jedi Survivor. As yeah, soon as dude. It comes out. I, I, I like the monthly format to this show because when, once in a while, man, a month hits where we come through chock full of like new video game impressions. And I think our May episode is going to be one of those because April is special, dude. What a year. It's we're, a in a, really we're in a crazy month. year. You know, it's been a good year. Last year was a good year. It's, it's we should write a blimp. Years, but that's a good year blimp joke. Uh, you know, I was thinking, I was like, okay, blimps are cool, <laughs> but there's not that many left anymore. No, no. Uh, there's like a really weird statistic on that, right? Um, I think there's like, like six in the world, right? It's crazy because, all right, so there are 25 blimps still in existence, and only about half of them are still in use for advertising. But... I see a blimp like every year, a couple times maybe. Like I feel like I'd be seeing blimps. Uh, I haven't seen a blimp since I was like 15. Oh, I see blimps all the time down in like the Florida area, I feel like. Well, yeah. I don't know. I've seen like I a couple. I've probably seen like 100 blimps in my life. Not Apparently a bunch of them doing the same blimp. All right. Yeah, you're just seeing the same blimp over and over. I like the blimps, bro. All right. Let's, uh, let's right call that a show. Pretty, pretty, <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good show. Um... What do we have to do? We have to pitch our socials. Everything is uh, on the up and up at yeah. Jake Twitching everywhere. I'm fucking grinding. My TikTok is blowing up. My YouTube is stronger than ever. Come find me somewhere else. Colin is Colleen underscore K-A-U-L-I-N-E. Everywhere. Yeah, um, YouTube playthroughs like I'm you wouldn't fucking on believe. On the downhill. 
My <laughs> views are lower than ever. Uh, I'm not streaming anymore because they're, the Wi-Fi here sucks. Um, it's all right. So come support me. Game list, baby. Uh, send, send a nice comment on Colin's YouTube videos. Let him know that he's being supported. <laughs> I, I, have, I have like a, one video a day through all of April. I just... Yeah. Did extra and scheduled, but nice. I've got all sorts of stuff. Uh, like I'm still doing streaming. I'm doing less streaming now than ever. I'm still streaming at least once or twice a week at this point. But I'm making more of an emphasis on like my YouTube content. I've been doing these like shows called like I do a show called Quick Play, where it's like a slightly edited i play like the opening less than one hour of a game that i know little to nothing about and then i chop that down to like a 15 to 30 minute segment of me just exploring brand new games like stuff that i either haven't played in a long time or i've never played or i've never heard of and it's a really fun show and it's always like a ton of variety i played like yoshi's touch and go for the ds recently on the wii u like perfectly emulated with a stylus played aggressive inline for the ps2 played iron man for the ps2 as well like the movie based iron man game with robert downey jr's voice just like weird shit that i've never fucked with before and it ends up being a really fun time couldn't do that i have to finish games that i start oh dude no i'm king i i play uh you know my spiel i always say the same thing i play a little of a lot and i play a lot of a little (laughs) very rare for me to really play whatever's between a lot you play a lot of you play a lot of a little no, you play a little of a. Play, you play a lot I feel like of I a play little. A lot of a lot. Yeah. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I All right. Uh, dude, I'm see. I see this freaking bug crawling under the door of this Airbnb right now. I've got to go. You got to go fuck that up. Ends. Yeah. All right. And uh, our famous outro. Go ahead, Colin. Take it away. Uh. Thanks for listening. <laughs>